The Gold Card Podcast is brought to you by the Esports Department. Gain access to the tools, projections, and analysis trusted by the best for League of Legends and Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Join today at theesportsdepartment.com. Welcome to episode 86 of the Gold Card Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Vince Colotti, at Gelati LOL on Twitter. With me tonight, we've got Josh Roberts at Roberts number 49. Good evening, y'all. John George at the Esports Plug. How we doing, everybody? And unfortunately, Chris Chung uh, is not going to be able to join us tonight. Um, he's going to have kind of a bit of a hectic schedule for the next couple weeks, maybe maybe the next two months or so. So he's going to be in and out sporadically, and uh, hopefully Chris can make it back soon, or we can we can kind of adjust our schedule and kind of get him on for more shows. But uh, he's going to be a little spotty for the next couple weeks, but Chris is still on board. He's still here, and he left us his rankings for the topic that we are going to be doing for this show, which is the LPL Power Rankings. So last week we covered all the roster moves in the LPL, and we're chaining it right into the LPL offseason because they announced a starting date at least on Leakpedia, of January 14th. And the LPL does traditionally start rather early, so they're usually the first one out for power rankings. And, yeah, I mean, really, that's two weeks away, right? It'll be not next weekend, but the weekend after. So, um, uh, two weekends after. I can't count. <laughs> um, before we dive into any of that, though, like, how was your guys' holiday? Did you guys have a good holiday? Yeah, mine was good. Josh immediately lagging out. <laughs> Wait, good start for us here today. Yeah, good, uh, good start saw... for us today. Yeah, he's back. He's back. He's back. He's back. Uh, all right. I don't know where I cut off, but I set, I went to see the in-laws. Uh, I had a good trip down there and hanging out there now. So spending with them. Been a good time. Not pretty solid weather. Saw a little bit of snow, but it didn't get too cold. So I'll take it. Nice. Nice. Sean, how about you? Yeah, I uh, we went and saw my, my wife's mom, who's – they quarantine and we quarantine, so that was nice and easy. And then we did Zoom Christmas uh, with my family, so we we all opened presents and everything over uh, Google Meets and had a laugh and had a chat, and it was it was a good time. That's awesome. Yeah, I had a real Chris, Christmas Eve with uh, with you know one side of the family, just real small gathering. It was like six of us, I think. Just we didn't even no, we didn't even put it any on anybody to cook. We just ordered hoagies and and hung out and. You know, watched TV and movies and chatted for a while. And then Christmas Day I did with my mom and my two brothers. So real low-key, just played board games all day. It was actually it was a great time. We had we had a really good time. Uh, Shout-out to Dominion, if you guys have ever played that. Um, it's a really, really rather simple uh, deck-building game. So shout-out to Dominion because uh, my, my family got a kick out of it. And I hadn't played it for a while. I forgot how fun it was, so... That was funny. Yeah, real low key Christmas. It was good. Got to watch some football. Ate some good food. It was great. It was great. So, I have some beef with football, Gelati. Oh yeah. All right. So let's see. Because uh, the, the New the Orleans world. Saints. Hold on. I don't even care about the Saints anymore. I'm over the Saints. The Saints are the greatest NFL team of all time. There's no one can dispute that after what we've seen this season. I want to talk about. I want to talk about the Indianapolis Colts and the Pittsburgh Steelers for for two minutes here because. 
<clears throat> the world was confirmed to be a simulation to me on Sunday. <laughs> Actually, I, I was it even on Sunday? I think it was. The world was confirmed to be a simulation to me when the Pittsburgh Steelers got like three yards of total offense in the first half and went to went to the half down by twenty, and then came back and completed like ninety seven passes in a row for two thousand yards and nineteen touchdowns and won the game convincingly over the Colts. That's when it was proven to me that the world was a simulation and it's all pre-recorded. Everything's everything's predetermined. And uh, yeah, if you're betting on football, I don't know why you're wasting your time unless you uh, have put it the, in Bitcoin. Uh, <laughs> unless, yeah, unless you have the script, I wouldn't bother putting your money on any football betting. <laughs> that game, that game was crazy. Oh, oh Josh, so you, Josh, you look like you're uh, you got some thoughts on that one. Uh, wait, I missed what? What was the bet you made? Was it pregame or live? Okay. I'm going to take two minutes of our podcast here and explain to you what a genius <laughs> I am and how I was not rewarded for the geniusness of my actions. So the day before, I see the Colts as underdogs to the Steelers. Put in a bet on the Colts. Like, just casual. Just, you know, I think the Colts are pretty good. And the Steelers, they look like they've been in trouble the last few weeks, you know, some locker room issues maybe. So we get into the game. The Steelers, like, three and out, like, the first two or three drives. And the Colts score a touchdown. Then the Steelers' defense gets an interception and a touchdown. And so I, being the genius that I am, think to myself, you know what? The book is going to make the Colts the underdogs again because the game is tied, even though the Steelers' offense has zero yards of offense in this game, and they only are even because of this touchdown. So I mosey my way back to the book, and I put in another bet on the Colts. Then we get to, like, halftime. The Colts are up by 20. The line at the books, Colts minus 13 and a half. I say to myself, come on, the Steelers just lost three games in a row. There are two games in a row, and they're getting crushed in this game. They have like zero yards of offense. That team is depressed. They're unhappy. They're not expecting to win this game. There's no way they're going to come out and put in any effort in the second half. Snap bet the minus 13 and a half. So we end up with three bets on the Colts. And then as soon as those three bets are locked in, Ben Roethlisberger goes 20 for 20 for 2,000 yards and immediately brings the Steelers back into the game to crush the Colts. And we lose all. You should see, I was like, ah, once they score the first touchdown or two, I'm just like, ah, it's fine. I mean, the money line bets are going to win. I lost the 13 and a half. It's whatever. And then I see it continuing. I'm like, you got to be fucked. The world is a simulation. <laughs> Sorry to cut out of our little podcast. Dude, the Pittsburgh Steelers putting in a summer 2020 RNG performance. Uh, just a tale of two two faces, two halves, whatever you want to, you know, whatever the the yeah. Cliche I mean, you is. can't be mad because it's a simulation. So. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got we got football handicapper John George here, uh, football handicapper extraordinaire. <laughs> That's too that that game was crazy though. I'm oh. surprised my wife didn't post that Criminal Minds gif on Twitter again. <laughs> oh man! All right, so. <laughs> Now that we got our football capping out of the way, figure um we got a couple pieces of news. I, I mean it's it's barely news to be honest with you, but uh, so Vici is going to be renaming to Rare Adam, which okay, they're just going to be renaming. That's all the news there is. Um, not much more to it. I'm probably going to be calling them Vici for a while, so just deal with it. We'll, I'll I'll transition over time here. Uh, there's also a rumor. We don't report this as news because there's been nothing official about it from Sooning, but supposedly Huan Fong will be suspended for a month and he's going to be docked three months pay due to personal, due to his personal lifestyles had a negative impact on Sooning's brand. 
I have no idea what this means. Um, let me pull up who reported this tweet just so that I'm not talking out of my ass here. This is from uh, at Leaker Zoo. Not news. Sooning hasn't made a statement on it, but uh, is worth mentioning specifically for this show because we're doing an LPL power ranking show, and I think that greatly impacts uh, how Sooning looks because he's one of the stronger players on that team for sure. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. It seems I don't know. We'll wait until we know no more. But this seems like maybe there was some foul play or a grudge or something along those lines in the behind the scenes that we don't know about. Yeah, it did seem. It seems a little bizarre. I mean, we were joking about it before the podcast, but like, imagine if the NFL and NBA teams started fining and suspending any player that cheated on their girlfriend. I mean, we'd be in for struggles, Bill. I think. Yeah. So, I think it's a, it's a little bit weird to have a personal thing like that uh become a, a, a major problem. issue but i mean i guess if we had seen somebody come out and you know make racist statements or something we would expect them to be suspended and i mean this is still kind of it's not that far off of that as far as you know showing some sort of bad moral character in the public limelight so i guess it, it seems a little strange but uh, fair enough i suppose yeah, it, it seems a little strange to us because we don't i mean we we, we get we get bits and pieces of the eastern news and a lot of times it comes through translators too. So like we, we get bits and pieces of it, but we don't know if this was like a big public thing and we, nobody in the West is paying any attention to it because it's just not being brought up here. But if this was like a very public thing and it was a bad, a bad look, you know, for lack of better terms, then it makes total sense. Does, I mean, I don't know how bad the situation was, but uh, considering we had people using bug exploits and stuff like that, getting a game, or two games, and we had you know, people actually like Matt. Yeah, I mean, match fixing—they've done pretty good about punishing in League of Legends, but it seems a little hefty to me. But I don't know. I, I, I don't know the situation, so I don't want to draw too many conclusions from it for sure. Um. Okay. So we've got 17 teams to get through, and we've got our LPL power rankings. So just to give a bit of a heads up to everybody. We decided to do the LPL Power Rankings show two days ago, so we've only had a couple. We've had a couple days to think about this, but it's still the LPL is going to be really tricky to handicap, and we're going to talk about it more big picture. I think toward the, I guess we can kind of talk about it at the top, but there is a big, big chunk of teams in the middle that I think are going to be in playoff contention, and you know, individually ranking them is going to be very, very difficult. For the sake of this podcast, we assembled like a composite ranking between the four of us based on where we rank the teams. So we'll have that, and I'll, I'll list that on the side and mention it when we get to it. But really, you should be considering uh, looking at teams in really in any league in tiers. And by what mean you know by tiers we mean a grouping of teams that are in this range of outcomes that we expect. So in this for this podcast uh, i think we're going to go with s tier as like your champ you're like your title contenders these are like your elite teams that you know it would take a lot going wrong for things to for them to not at least be good and realistically they're they're going to be pl- they're going to be championship contenders not just playoff teams uh a tier i have down as playoff caliber in the lpl we're going to have you know this can be more than the amount of playoff teams if it, I think if the rosters warrants that, so I think in the LPL that's definitely going to be the case. I put B tier as 
these are maybe fringe playoff teams. They need they need a lot to go right to make playoffs. And then C tier is definitely not playoffs. And then anything below that, if you guys wanted to put anything below that, Chris, I know Chris had a really fun a fun name for his his list here, but C tier is like definitely not playoffs. And then you know, however range of outcomes like for how bad you think it could be, like is this going to be Gen Air or, or Spring Victory Five, or is this just going to be like a last place team that's really not that bad? So yeah, so with that in mind. I figure we'll start at the bottom. Uh, last time, last year we worked from the, we went we went from the top down, but I think we'll go from the bottom up this year, and we'll start from our podcast composite rankings. Unless you guys have anything else to to add on before we get get into this. No, okay. No, I yeah. I mean, the only thing I would say, big picture wise, is I think for you when you talked about there being like a big chunk of teams in the middle, I think for me the chunk of teams is at the top. And I have a few teams in the middle that, that are going to be battling for that spot. But, yeah, let's talk about it, man. All right. So we're going to go uh, in bottom to top based on our podcast composite, which was, again, we just put a ranking. But keep in mind, we're, we're going to think more in, in in tiers rather than specific ranks. But just for the sake of order, this made it easier. So our consensus last place team coming in with a composite ranking of 17.0, which is – Unanimous last place, OMG. Uh, just to recap briefly, uh, OMG this year is going to be uh, No Name Coaching from LMQ way back in the day. Anybody remember LMQ? God, that team was oh, so yes. fun. That team was so fun. Uh, Josh, I don't know how much LMQ you've gotten to watch. If you get a chance after we're done recording this, go pull up some LMQ VODs from when they were in the LCS because that was a blast. That was pre-import rules, so it was just a full Chinese team in North America and they were really fun to watch. They had a pretty good world showing that year too. So no name of LMQ fame has been kind of in the coaching system for a while. He's going to be coaching OMG. Uh, the roster is going to be top Aki, which is a jungler from the um, oh, the top lane is going to be new, formerly of RNG. Sorry, I got crossed up. Jungler is going to be Aki, who is the uh, top academy jungler. Mid's going to be Wooming from Rogue Warriors last year, and Bright, who was on the OMG Academy roster. Uh, then we're going to have Eric at 80 carry, and then Cold and Sora are both under contract at the support position. They also have a sub named Bafang, listed from OMG Academy. So, it feels like every year, like the last couple of years at least, we've had reason to be excited about this team, but... They kind of just got rid of their even. They got rid of some of their good players, at least the perception the perception of good players or whatever. I think Eric Cold and Sore are all quite like they're all pretty good actually. They've just been on bad team. So with with Eric Cold and Sora, I think New was okay on RNG, and then we don't really know with Aki and Bright, and if it's going to be Wooming, Wooming was not really that good with our with Rogue Warriors last season. So. For one of these teams that's been like a storied franchise, like from way back in the day, they haven't been good in years. And unlike last year and the year before, I have like very little reason to be optimistic about this lineup. Yeah, I, I'm actually pretty high on Eric. I actually think Eric's really good and Same. potentially like a future superstar might get traded at some point or they should maybe build around him. Cold, I've been trying to believe in Cold for a long time. 
And I just like, he's not bad. Don't get me wrong, but I, I'm just not believing that he's going to take any steps up. And he's been on a team that's been terrible for the last X years. He's never elevated that team in any way. So I have to think that's going to stay the same. I imagine m- nobody's really considering new anything more than a like mid range or lower mid range top laner as far as the league goes. And then Aki, we don't know a lot about, but Bright and Wooming, for the little I've seen of both of those guys makes me think they're a you know bottom six in the league in their positions. Yeah. So it's kind of like Aki's the only guy I'm not 100% sure on. Eric's pretty good, but the other three guys are all bottom six in the league for me, and that just leads to being a pretty uh, pretty lower-tier team, I think. Yeah. Josh, what do you think on OMG? Uh, I think in the past we've been excited about mid lane, and we're not excited about mid lane in the Pretty well, actually. So LPL, LPL, uh, maybe not. Maybe not the strongest mid lane region, I guess. But some, like at the top of the table, some really strong mid laners. So I don't know. I just don't really see them competing. I do think they have. I think they're just rebuilding in an okay way in terms of probably taking mostly young players. I don't know the ages on all these guys, but yeah. definitely thought it was an exciting prospect. And I think getting someone from, I think new was from RNG, if I remember correctly. Yeah. So getting someone from that pipeline is probably a decent idea. Um, so yeah, I think, I think they're, you know, making some sort of attempt at a rebuild here. Yeah. Like what's the ceiling for this team? Like my, my, my beef with OMG is that I think their ceiling is just like still not playoffs. Like what's the best case scenario for them? 10th through 12th or something as a ceiling. If they like absolutely really figured it out. If Aki's just a beast and we get like a, if they're just like WE, because this looks a lot like that WE roster going into last year where we were like, oh, like this could be good. Like they look solid, but like the mid laner was a big question mark, right? And this is like exactly like once we knew like Teacher Ma was playing, this was a lot. This looks a lot like that team, except that team had a Savage Jungler and Aki's an unknown. Like Beishang we know is good. Aki we don't know. So this they could end up looking like to me like that's the, the, the absolute like best case scenario for them. But I. The problem is like when you when you when you start stacking ifs together and there's like three or four of them, you're kind of living in a dream world or a fairy tale world. You know what I'm saying? Like, so I, I'm I'm I think OMG are our consensus last place for for good reason. I hope they prove us wrong. Um, next up, we have LGD coming in at 16.0. Our consensus 16. So our last two were unanimous across the board. A lot of people are going to look at this and be like, "Hey, this team made worlds this year. What's what? What gives? And what gives is they're basically rebuilding. Um, they kind of got brain drained a little bit. They lost some of their coaching staff, but um, the the same two guys in charge, like the head guys, are both coming back again. I had question marks about this coaching staff all year, um, especially given the talent they had last year. And it's going to be weird seeing them without that much talent this year." But the roster is looking like it's going to be Colt, who's been a sub on this team slash WE for a number of years. Uh, we have two junglers from the LGD Young roster in Flora and Kui. Uniboy is going to be mid laning from AHQ. We saw him sub for PSG uh, Talon, but he played on for AHQ in the PCS this year. He's been longtime LMS standout and PCS standout. Uh, and then Kramer is the only returning member, and then I guess Garvey counts as well. He's going to be swapping from top lane to 80 carry as a sub, presumably. And they add Peace, who was the support that studied under Lou Mao with the JDG Academy team. I just, like, 
They just downgraded, right? Like maybe Uniboy is is better than we saw with ZA, but ZA was like decent. Like ZA is like at worst replacement level. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of ZA, and I still don't necessarily think they're getting anything upgraded here. It just, like you say, it just seems like a worse version of what they were doing last year. And last year, I mean, I know that they they made some moves towards the end of the season there and and overperformed what I would expect of them, but I I didn't really think they were uh, at that level anyway. Uh, I thought they kind of snuck in uh, with a little bit of luck at the end of the season and some good play at the right time. Uh, So I think this is just a downgrade for them. Josh? I pretty much agree. I think it makes sense. Like I said, I think last week, uh, I think it makes sense for them to just keep Kramer, but I think that they're going to take a massive step down in a team that was already overperforming. So I just don't have very high hopes for them. I'm going to be doing this with every team, but what's the ceiling situation? Like, what's the ceiling scenario for this team? Like, unit. So, I could see, yeah, I could see them sneak. Like, I do think they have a much higher ceiling than most of the other teams down here. Like, I think that just because they do have some, like, veteran leadership, I could see them parlaying that into, like, a playoff run in, like, spring and then before they, you know, kind of fizzle out towards summer. Um, but, and by veteran, I just mean pretty much literally Kramer and Uniboy. Yeah. Um, and so maybe, maybe those two are just, like, insane carries and get hot at the right time or something. But, uh, I, that's, like, top, like, literal top 1%, not even, like, top 20%, like, we're thinking with ceiling. So, yeah, I, I think I'm, I think it's kind of funny that we have kind of similar thoughts on it, which is I, I think their ceiling is playoffs actually for LGD is I have them in 16th place, but I do think they have a, a playoff ceiling if, uh, if things went perfectly for them. I just really have the, the inkling that things are not going to go right for them. But if, if things went right for them, I could, I could see this team being the eighth place team in the playoffs. Yeah. To, to me, this is as there's like a bunch of layers of like, you know, ticks downward. I know in like, uh, like old judging for like contests and stuff, they would do a tick system where they start at a hundred and they take points away rather than adding points. So for me, this team, like I had question marks about this coaching staff and they just got hard carried by the talent they had last year. Like imagine LGD last year, if they didn't have like a three K gold lead every you know half the early games they played in, they still almost lost games because they had really poor fundamentals, right? How are they going to do that without the laners that they had last year? That's my, that's, that's question. That's concern. Number one, that's a big downgrade for me. Concern number two is Uniboy has basically played his entire career with um, Conway, or like a lot of it, like a, at least re- like recent, like almost his entire recent career. So it's going to be weird seeing him with somebody different, especially because we knew those two were together and they kind of boosted each other up. Uh, so like we don't know how he's going to gel with with the two you know young kids from LGD Young. There's just too many questions with this team. Like Kramer, I actually think Peace is going to end up like we haven't seen Peace, but I'm I feel pretty good that he's going to be solid because he's been a pretty highly touted prospect, and you know he's learning from the best or one of the best, and that's like the only thing to be optimistic about for this team, to me. So yeah, I think uh, deserved. Be- de- I think definitely better than OMG because de- OMG ceiling scenario I think is even further fetched. But this team I could see like. A meta that's good for them. Uniboy is, you know, one of these mobile roaming types a lot of the time, so I could see that being okay. We'll see. Uh, anything else on LGD? All right. Coming in at consensus 14.5, we had some people higher, some people lower. 
<clears throat> Rogue Warriors. I think pretty... I'm going to look across the board here. Three of us have them in their RC, C or lower tier. Chris has them in their good luck next split tier, which I, I like a lot. <laughs> um, Josh, you have them slightly higher than that, but um, yeah, for the most part, better than these two, and that's about it. So Rogue Warriors uh, are bringing Incense from E-Star and then retaining two others that they had last year. They import Ziv from AHQ and Hong Kong Attitude. We've seen him at Worlds a number of times. Very good player from the LMS and PCS now. They keep Haro. They bring in Forge from Vici. Uh, Betty from RNG. They keep Zwuji. They also have an Academy 80 carry. And they bring in Chocho from Top Esports. So, this team, I think, has a skill ceiling that you can see more than LGD or OMG. But to me, they need a lot to go right in terms of, like, everyone gelling immediately. There's a lot of changes for this team. There's a fresh start, like, pretty much across the board. It's, like, going to be a completely different-looking lineup besides Haro. And we talked about it in the Roster Move show, but Haro inherently is just a high-variance player. Like, it's just like he's one of these junglers that just picks coin flip fights, and he's going to hard carry games when he pops off, and he's going to lose you the game when he gets himself behind because that's just the choice he makes. So, to me... Unless they can kind of reinvent that, their ceiling is just capped. This is going to be like the classic Rogue Warriors, like punch-up underdog, but not a good team. But they at least have talent this time around, so I think they'll be better than they were last year for sure. So This is this is my overrated squad. Like yeah. I think everybody on this team is overrated except for Chocho. I think Chocho is actually solid. Like, not great, but I think he's solid. Betty, I was not impressed with last year. I've never been impressed with Forge. I've never been impressed with Haro. Ziv, there's an argument that he could do well here, I think, uh, in this spot. But in, in general, I think basically everyone on this team is somebody that I think other people have rated higher than I do. So it was just came together for me to rate this team lowly because I, these are a lot of players that I've always said I didn't think were very good and other people have said they, were, they did think were good. So... I got this team rated uh, pretty lowly. I also get the feeling that we're going to see Betty starting over Zuji, which I think is a big mistake. Zuji did have a bad year last year, but I think a lot of that had to do with how bad Rogue Warriors was. I bet if they started him at the beginning of this season, he would look pretty good for at least the first few weeks. If they were still terrible, I think he might fall back into that same pattern he was in last year, but I still think Zuji has a ceiling if, if he's motivated. So, uh, yeah, I'm not impressed with this team at all. I, I don't think they have a lot of ceiling. For me, they're like a... 10th place ceiling team maybe yeah just to kind of tack on because i have like just to give you guys some context i'm a lot higher on a number of the players on this team than you are like in particular uh forge and betty but i still have them in this tier because like that they're just capped by the by the horror variant so like until they get a jungler that can play like solid fundamental like efficient League of Legends and not just, like, making action happen. They're just never going like, to... I can never see this team being above 500 unless they just, like, flip heads 15 times in a row. You know what I'm saying? Like, because that's, like, essentially what he does in games. And we saw them... I mean, they looked pretty good in Demacia Cup. Obviously, you you know, you, you take that with a grain of salt because it's an off-season tournament. But... I'm higher on these players than I think you are, John, and I still don't think this team's going to be very good. I just think their range of outcomes is slightly higher than than maybe. Um, I mean, you said tenth, right? 
Like if they hit their ceiling, like I think absolute like best ceiling case. is like maybe tenth place. I think it might might be lower than that even. Josh, what do you think on Rogue Warriors? Yeah, I think I'm just a little bit higher on on the players. Um, and granted, that could also just be because there's a lot of new players to the league on some of these other teams. Like, uh, like I think a couple of the teams you guys have ahead of them that I don't are like Esar and TT, who both have a couple. At least I think at least one new player that wasn't in the split wasn't in the LPL last split. Um, so it could just be partially because of that. But I do also think that um, they do have a little bit of talent on this squad between. Uh, oh man, I lost my spot. Uh, I think I think Forge has some upside to him. Betty, I think, I, I don't know. I It's hard for me to tell because as Chris has talked uh, so lovingly about RNG before, like their coaching staff's kind of whack, I think, um, because well, it seems switching, like. by the way. They switched. Um, Tabe's going to be head coach now. Clear loves playing. Right. <clears throat> and what's the yeah. stake from spring was going, I think. so. Right. But they were always underperforming. So it's like, I, I don't know how much I can really attribute to Betty being poor. I mean, like. At some point, you kind of got to trust that they thought this guy could replace Uzi. So I, I don't know. I'm kind of a believer in that still, um, in terms of upside. And then like, like John said, I think Chocho is pretty good. I think anyone that played on top, uh, was actually pretty good. I think he got, you know, a little bit underrated just due to the fact that he, um, like, I don't know. I felt like they, the, the supports were always kind of like the forgotten man on that team. Yeah. Uh, yeah. so I, I guess he was a little bit underrated, underrated in regards to like, or in comparison to his teammates really more than anything so i, th- I think unlike uh, unlike lgd and omg this team has the talent to do something i just have question marks yeah. about like how they're like stylistically how it's gonna look you know what i'm saying yeah. like this team as at least has players that i could i could see doing something and i think that's the difference that i think maybe puts them i should probably put them i am actually just gonna move them up a tier for me. I'm going to move them from my C up to up to B. Not that I think that they're they're, they're like the bottom of that, but like I think they're just definitely better than LGD and OMG. Because like I I just think they have more talent. But other than that, I just have there's still a lot of questions for me. Anything else on Rogue Warriors? Keep on trucking along here. Coming in at 13.5 composite ranking for the show. The composite ranking, by the way, is just the individual ranking between the four of us divided by four. Real easy. Um. E-Star. So E-Star kind of got brain drained a little bit. Uh, they ha- are using it. They used a temporary coach that I think is probably going to end up being their st- their head coach. Uh, the guy they used for um, Demacia Cup. Uh, they bring in Z's, who was uh, he was Yi on IG Young. He was one of the better players in the uh, LDL this season. Certainly one of the better top laners. Uh, Hacker, who we talked a lot about last week, just not good, but, uh, you know, was good some years ago. Maybe you can recapture some of that. Uh, Insulator, who was one of the better overall prospects from the um, academy scene. He's uh, FPX Academy's mid laner. He was second maybe only to captain in terms of LDL mid lane talent. They also kept Irma, Rat, and Shousey. So, we kind of mentioned it last week, but, like, this team actually looks pretty good except for Hacker, doesn't it? Or, like, at least it, like, it's balanced. Like, you have, like, Shousey was really, really good. You bring in this stud prospect mid laner. Rat's, like, replacement level uh, in the few games we saw from the end of the season. Z's, you know, 
maybe not quite on the level of Insulator in terms of like you know blue chip prospects. He's like the next tier down, but he's you know still a young prospect there. And then Hacker, it just feels like really out of place. The way the way I kind of look at it is, yeah, the Hacker Hacker is definitely super out of place. But the way that I look at it is like if we're gonna treat Insulator and Z's like they are something between a three and a ten. Like at random, roll the dice. You know, they might be end up being below replacement level. They might end up being superstars. Uh, so I want to look at the consistency, the, the consistency of the other three players. I got Hacker as an extremely lowly rated jungler, Rat as a slightly below average AD carry. Yep. For me, Shaosi is just a slightly above average AD carry. Actually, or, uh, uh, support. I don't necessarily view him as like a great support. I think he's above average though. So they have one above average player. And in order for them to be an above-average team, they're going to need both Zs and Insulator to translate well, I think. Both of those guys are going to have to be above league average, at least, for them to even be like a middle-of-the-table team for me. So I think odds are, especially in the first split at least, that we don't see both of those guys immediately translate to being above-average in the league. Um, if, if both those guys are above-average and, and everybody else plays the way they did last year, we could see these guys in the middle of the table somewhere instead of down here in 13th or 14th, but um, I, I'm not seeing much ceiling above like maybe ninth place somewhere, eighth, ninth. They they could maybe slip in as the last playoff team if Z's and Insulator were both very good. Yeah, I think uh, you, Josh, and myself all had them at 14, and Chris had them slightly higher at 12. Uh, so like I, I've been doing I've been doing like a lot of like individual player modeling as a way to transfer you know, deal with these roster swaps to get a, you know, a, a more unbiased look or at least a statistically biased look at, um, you know, maybe some of these rosters and how they're going to look. And E-Star actually grade lower than this for me. So, like, I, I have E-Star 15th in that and that, like, they're – everyone besides Chelsea is below average, basically. So, let me just double-check that. Like, and I – so I graded them assuming Insulator and Zs are, like, league average players, and they were still 15th, assuming they were league average players. So, if that's – you know, if they're anything less than that, then I'm not too optimistic about this lineup. Or if, like, the combination of the two of them or – hack if, if that top trio can't be league average total, then this team's going to be pretty bad, I think. Even though I, I'm pretty high on Chelsea, I think Chelsea's very, very good. But it's pretty hard for a support to, to solo carry a team if if they're not above average. What do you think, Josh? Uh, I was just going to ask actually you guys' approaches because the way you just phrased that made me question it. So like when there's a player that gets promoted from in this case the LDL or if it's you know the LCS, the Academy Leagues, or in the LAC, the Regional Leagues, what is your guys' like base assumption on them compared to the rest of the league? Because like obviously you would think that you know, realistically, those players are worse than every player in the the higher league, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, something that their league average would, would be necessarily might might be too high, but yeah, you know, there's been cases in which we thought that wasn't the case. You know, think of like someone like Leader coming up, um, even someone like uh, when Demonte got promoted to the LCS. Um, so, I was kind of curious to get you guys' general philosophy on that and, and how you guys approach that. The way I look at it is, um. So I I put them at somewhere, like I said, kind of like between a three and a 10. I think it's almost impossible that they're going to be one of the worst in the league at their position because the guys that would be worst in the league at their position just don't get promoted from the lower divisions. Generally speaking, when you have like, like if we look at like, uh, let's say, I don't know, triple A baseball, maybe 
the best players coming up from AAA baseball usually are going to be better than like the worst players in the ML in MLB. Um, usually you have prospects stashed down there that when they get older and they come into their own or whatever, they tend to be better. So I think you're, you're not going to get a, one of the worst players in the league out of, out of somebody coming up, but I do think that they still have kind of a low floor. They have the ability to be absolute superstars. I mean, if you dominated the LDL, you dominated your competition and you were playing against, you know, you, you were playing against who you could play against. Other blue chip it's not prospects. like there was anybody else to dominate. If you dominated everybody there, then that was the best you could do. So we don't know for sure that somebody that dominated the LDL isn't going to come up and just dominate the the LPL as well. But I think it's it's more likely they end up somewhere right around the middle. I think guys that have been hanging around for years, I think Hacker is the perfect example of a guy that's just been hanging around for a long time. And people that come up from the LDL are likely to be better than him in my eyes. So the, like the bottom players in the LPL that have just been hanging around for a long time, I think are usually going to be outclassed by younger prospects. But I don't automatically give them the credit of being great, you know. Yeah, just to tack on, like I think the the only reason you want a player like Hacker is if you actually want a veteran presence. Like if there's a if there's a defined reason for you to do that as an organization, and it makes like that's part of your process for building, I can see it. If it's strictly on a talent basis, I almost think you're better off throwing a dart like from academy. Like even if they don't pan out, you go back to them. What's like you, you didn't really make your situation any worse, but. Uh, back to Josh's question in terms of – so I'm – for this specific iteration of this, and obviously I think there's a, there's just as much art as there is science to this kind of stuff, but for this specific thing, just for the sake of consistency, I just graded everyone as the league average at that position. Uh, I'm aware that that's probably optimistic, but I, I think it, it emphasizes that this is a fairly optimistic take, and if this team is still coming in like 15th, with that optimistic consideration that you should probably take that into account. Uh, we're going to get to a couple teams later that I think I, I have graded – through this iteration, I've graded lower than, I think, expectation or what I realistically think the players actually are. But I tend to start at average, and you know maybe once we get more data with more years of doing this kind of thing – this is like you know relatively new on my end um, in the last like, couple of years – once we get more data and priors like you would do for like a football model, it's like, okay, we can get an idea of like what your average rookie quarterback looks like in his first season. Like what's, you know, what are his ex, you know, what's his EPA per play? Like that kind of like, what's his expected Q, uh, QBR for like an average rookie quarterback or an average first round draft pick quarterback. And, you know, once we have more data on this kind of stuff, I think we'll be able to go, you know, dive deeper on it. But I'm kind of just starting at league average, understanding that that's an optimistic like that's probably in the top 35% of outcomes roughly just like ballparking it and realizing that if this team is still grading pretty low, that it's going to take a pretty unbelievable performance or multiple upgrades from multiple players to over exceed expectation. So that's kind of the approach I'm taking with it. I was just going to say real quick, um, a better comparison than AAA baseball. I don't know why that came to my mind. I think that's not as good of a comparison. I think a better comparison is the NBA draft. Like, the best players coming in from the NBA draft have a shot at being superstars. The guys that are coming in the later rounds are pretty unlikely to be superstars, probably going to be below average players. But the guys that are coming in in the first 20 picks or whatever have a shot of being above league average. I kind of view it more that way. That's a better analogy, I think. Yeah. I, I do yeah, think that – I'm just going to say one more thing just before I forget on it. I do think you do have to give somewhat of a bump to the, the – I don't want to call it, like, backup quarterback – 
because it's not quite the same, but like you have to give some level of, of a bump to there's no film on this or there's limited film on this, especially if it's a brand new player and it's only Academy film. We've seen people come in and have like a stellar first season and fall off. It doesn't happen too often. Most of the time players are better in their sophomore year than their rookie year. But a lot of times like there's like an initial bump until they get figured out or there's film on them and they can kind of figure out like what their champion pool is, how malleable are they if you pressure them in this way. So I think that kind of offsets some of that, like assuming it's league average optimism to to some extent. But I do still think it's a rather optimistic, you know, consideration. Just keep that in mind when I'm discussing this. So go ahead, Josh. Sorry. Yeah, no, I didn't mean to question the statistical model. I think that's a fine assumption. I was just more so the one thing I would say, John, that's a little bit different than yours for my approach is that like I don't think that I think with the NBA draft and even like AAA baseball, like there are things like contracts. Uh, that limit that whereas I, I'm fairly certain that you can go down and get these players at any time so it just kind of throws me off that people hadn't done it yet but again I'm not positive that that's that that could be an incorrect assumption on my part that you can't do that and it's and just pretty sign. uncommon it might be something that we see more in the future but it's pretty uncommon that a team would like in the middle of the season be like hey let me get one of your academy players to play on my main roster like, yeah. people could have gone and got an insulator last year, I'm pretty sure. If they wanted to, they could have popped down there and offered them a bunch of money or whatever. But teams just don't seem to make moves like that in the middle of the right. season. So, like, if the guys only played a couple splits, people might have only ever had one chance to maybe pick them up. I, don't, I, I think generally the best players from the LDL tend to be at least pretty good on the LPL level. You think there's any – um this is kind of a side topic off of this. I don't want to get too derailed here, but, like – there's got to be some level of like sunk cost fallacy going on with these organizations, right? Like if they gave a big contract, I mean, if they gave a, fa- if, if hackers getting paid and maybe they think that he's good or something like that, maybe they're less, you see this in professional sports all the time. The guy that's getting paid uh, just, is just kind of like left in under the assumption that he's going to be, that you hope that he reaches that value or at least recoup some of it so that you don't look bad. But like, maybe there's some of that going on. It's kind of a little bit harder to tell with a lot of the stuff less public, but you got to think that to some degree some of that's going on, right? Like if if the ownership group or the people dealing with the money say, this guy's getting money, I don't want him riding the bench, or I don't want him playing in academy. If this is the guy getting you know 500 grand a year or something, I want him out there. Like I paid for this. When the reality of the situation is like you could probably have – you know, money balled it and gotten a replace like that level of player for a quarter of the cost or half the cost or whatever it happens to be. Like, there's almost definitely some of that going on. I don't know to what extent, but that's an interesting thought, right? All right. Um, anything else on E Star? E Star, I think. No, oh, there, there's there's something there. Like, I could see this team doing something. I'm just uh, not quite optimistic about it. Thirteen point two five. So this would be our consensus 13. I have to count on my fingers. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, our consensus 13th team is Dominus, which is rebranding to TT. So I had them 13. Where did you have them, John? I just missed 11th them. place. Oh, you have them 11th. Oh, they're right there. God. Um, Josh, you have them at 15. Uh, Chris had them in the good luck next split tier, which he has as his bottom four teams at 14. So a little bit of uh, divergence here in terms of expectations, but I think we all kind of see this team. Uh, let me just go over who it is first. Um, 
Coaches are going to be Chris, who was the guy that came in in the middle of the summer split to help Invictus kind of turn that ship around. He was also a snake two years ago. Uh, and he was. Uh, they also bring up Ziri, who was um, – he's been a coach on a number of the LDL teams over the last few years. Top lane is going to be Chalitza. Then they have Jungle, uh, Xiaopeng, and then Bless. And they also have a guy named Vivi from IG Young. Mid is going to be one of the other highly touted mid lane – uh, maybe maybe the best prospect, maybe the the top rated prospect in the LDL, which is Captain. Uh, they also have Twyla and Sky in the mid lane. They bring in Sam D at eighty carry, and the support's going to be from Joy Dream. It's going to be Teen. So TT, I'm just going to call them Dominus. I, I'm I'm going to have a hard time oh. transferring from TT. <laughs> so TT, I, I like. That they have like the 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 quote unquote best prospect, like the first overall pick, you know, for lack of better terms. Sam D was an absolute monster last year. Uh, I mean, PP God was also very very good, so we're gonna we're gonna get to see how much that matters. Uh, I have Chalice like below average, but not terrible. Xiao Peng, I actually have like right in the middle of the league, like league average basically. And then we have a couple of unknowns here. So what do you guys what do you guys think about TT? So I've done I've done a lot of my scouting since our last show, like a lot of my scouting on prospects and trying to figure out how I feel about people. And Teen is actually someone that came up for me as one of like the most underrated prospects for me, just from my opinion of them. Um, I think Teen's really good. So Teen and Sam D for me is a really good bot lane. Captain was obviously very good in the LDL. So if that translates, then you're looking at a pretty good mid laner here. The one person on this team that really bothers me, like Zhao Peng has had stretches where I thought he was an above average jungler in the LPL. He's had some other stretches too, but he's had stretches where I felt like he was an above average jungler. The the weird part for me is Chalitzi. Um yeah. I've never seen him like be impressive to me, but all the word that I hear from like people is that there's a lot of faith in him. Like people think that he's good. And and you can see it from his signings. Like he gets signed he's been signed for the last what, like three three, four splits. He's been somewhere on a roster for yeah, the last few splits here. Scream God Chalice, uh, apparently. <laughs> yeah, going all the way back to December 2018. He's been on various rosters. Um, uh, he had a stint back in the LDL again, but people clearly think that he's good. And he's been in um, and out of like playing, too. It's not like he's been like sitting yeah. there riding the pine every time. Like He's gotten reps. He's gotten time, and, and people have put him in. I can't remember what the situation was, but I remember last year he got put in to start for a while ahead of somebody who I did think Cube. was pretty good. Yeah, Cube. Yeah, Cube. and Cube was pretty good last year. Yeah, so there's been a lot of situations like that where it's like pretty clear that people think that Chalitzi has some potential. I haven't really seen it, but if he if he can perform on any level, I think Zhao Peng can be an above average player. I think Captain is likely to be an average or above average player, and I think the bot lane's actually really good. So I'm giving a lot of ceiling to this team. They are, however, uh, considering I put them 11th, I do think they have a low floor. I mean, I do think this team could fall through the ground. Yeah. But uh, I, I'm going to have some faith in them, and I think it's a good rebuild. I think it's a rebuild with a little bit of ceiling, and uh, I'm going to have some faith in TT here. Yeah, I kind of like them more than the other teams that I have in this tier, which I have one other team in this tier, which we'll get to in a little bit. But uh, same same reasoning. I just I think it's a solid rebuild. I think you've got guys that, that could – guys with, like, a wide range of outcomes, like especially, like, higher on the ceiling side of things. So what do you think about uh, TT, Josh? Yeah, I, I think this is one where like my ignorance to the the amateur scene hurts me a bit um, in terms of being able to handicap it. I will say like I do like the team construction in terms of 
having competing young players at position. So uh, they brought in, uh, they brought they brought over Bless, but then they brought up Vivi to compete with him. Like you said, they brought in Captain, but then they also brought in Sky, and then they already had Twilight. I believe was already on the team. Yeah, and Twilight's so, like you know not great, but like he's a starting caliber player. Like he can start in the LPL. Yeah. He's done it before. So right. So I, I like that sort of competition that they have there as well. Um, at at you know the the most important positions, they have three junglers and three mids. So they're going to find something that works. And I really like that approach, just in terms of like, hey, we're gonna we're gonna throw these guys out there. We're gonna try. I assume they're gonna try every single pairing and see who fits the best with the other three mainstays. And and I like that kind of general kind of buckshot approach. We talked about it last week. You know, just just signing the most talent you can. Um, so I, I do like that approach. I think that's a good way to build a team. And like you said, I this is this could be this year's um, V five for sure. Um, it's just. Hard to realistically predict that. You know, when you have a lot of young guys, obviously the ceiling's always going to be high just because there's an unknown, but I do think that uh, it's fair to, to be skeptical um, of, of them coming in and blowing the roof off right away. This feels like a summer split team, doesn't it? A little bit. Like, once they figure out who, <clears throat> like who the five is, like, who their optimal five is, I think this team maybe gets a bump up to, like, in that playoff caliber for, for summer. Yeah, we could see them replace a player or two as well. Like we we could see Xiao Peng or Chalitzi or somebody not be on this roster come yeah. summer or come next year, and the team might be a little bit better. You know, if you see if a team like this, what the way that I like teams to rebuild is just like this, like Robert said. And then after this split, if Chalitzi sucks, then you bring in a hammer. Yeah, like you if you're if the rest someone. of your team is really good and Chalitzi kind of has not performed well, then you bring in Nuguri yeah. Or bring in somebody who's a real hammer to solidify the lineup once you figure out where your weakness is. So I like what they're doing here, but I agree with you. I think it's next split or a next year type team. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely going to be looking forward to for summer for this team because this is going to be a really frustrating DFS team too because this is just going to be a revolving door, I think, at every position while they're figuring things out. I hope they give Captain a lot of reps. Like, I just hope they let him play. But realistically, like, they're probably going to end up Especially if they like start off, and I kind of don't want this team to start off well, because if they start off well, then they're gonna feel like they need to stick, they need to keep trying to win. When I think they should be evaluating talent rather than necessarily trying to win the spring split, right? Like obviously you try to win the games, but you should be using this as I don't want to say like give them split time, but like maybe maybe you do like an intentional timeshare, something like it should that. be the Dolphins. It yeah. should just be the yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, see, see what you have, and and if it's not going to be, if it's if those guys aren't going to work, cut them and then stick with you know what worked for summer. That's why I do I do think this this team could be pretty good in the summer. So, all right. Um, next up we have coming in at twelfth. Was this unanimous? Twelve, one, two. No, not quite unanimous. Um, at our composite number twelve is LNG. Uh, I had them 12, John had them 12, Josh, you had them at 11, and Chris had them at 13, uh, tier lower than the next couple, some of the ones we've mentioned already. So LNG went out and made some a couple big signings. We, t- we talked a lot about them last week. They made a couple really big pickups. Uh, I-, I think... For people that are fans of the LPL and for John specifically, Icon was like the big one. But for I think most Western fans, the big pickup was Tarzan, the former Griffin jungler. 
Uh, they keep Light and Iwandi together. Dwan is gone, so they're only going to have one support rostered. Um, they bring up Makuya, who was on SDX in the LDL for the last two years. And they also have Plex as a backup in the mid lane. We talked a lot about this team last week and how this is this is going to be like a feast or famine situation, right? Like, this team's either going to be like a playoff caliber team, for sure, and we're going to look stupid having them where we are, or they're going to be like in probably like toward the bottom of the league. And I think that's reflected in their like essentially like right in the middle ranking because they have maybe the widest range of outcomes of, uh, Honestly, I think like any any team in the LPL, it, it, I think a lot depends on if Icon cannot be as bad as he was last year, and if Tarzan can convert to playing in the LPL, it's going to be a completely different look for him. So, yeah, I have I have no faith in this team, but I do think they have a ceiling of like fifth place, fourth. Yeah, place. exactly. Like, one of the so, highest this ceilings is... of, of these lower level teams, this team has the highest ceiling probably. But I have no faith whatsoever in in that happening. But I do I do think that the ceiling is there for this team more so than almost anybody else around here. Yeah, this is like the uh, th- this is like the why you don't pay attention to like average like yards per carry and stuff like that because like I think this one is I think a lot of these teams you can kind of pencil in like you know a, a small to medium range of outcomes for them. This team it's like literally like fifth place to dead last like i could i could see any of those things happening so maybe the widest range of outcomes uh josh you feel the same way so i actually i don't know i, I don't think they're they have nearly as much downside as either of you like i would have them a tear up the problem with this team is like i just couldn't put them higher like i really wanted to make them higher yeah. but like i guess i could have maybe put them above like blg and v5 but, like, I don't know. It just felt bad trying to put them up higher. Um, but for me, it's like, okay, so if you just assume, like, so Gelati in the Discord recently has been saying, like, if you're in a game in solo queue right now and your jungler is doing better, it feels like you do- it doesn't even matter, yeah. right? You just win. Okay? So let's assume that's the case for Icon. And then just say he's going from Hacker to Tarzan. Okay. Is Tarzan any good though? That's that, that, that's I mean, Tarzan. To me, Tarzan yeah. defines this team. But he's like rank one solo queue player. Like I don't know. I have a hard I, time. I, I have a hard time yeah. expecting him not to be good. I t- I made the I made the bear case last week on on yeah. in the roster moves no, right, where right, I, like I, there I, was like four or five points where it's like it's like this is a reasonable like bear case on on Tarzan where he yeah. doesn't make the transition. We haven't seen him playing at the super top level. Obviously, we know he's talented, and it's going to be completely different than the Griffin system for sure. So I made that case last week. If you haven't checked that out, go back and, and listen to the the. It's probably going to be somewhere in the middle of the show, uh, LNG, because we went in alphabetical order last week. And yeah, like it, assuming he's good, like you still need Icon to be good, and you still need Mikoya to be good. That's what I was going to ask about. What's I guess I I just. My problem with this team that wouldn't let me put them higher, I think, honestly, is that I just don't know much about Makuya. And Light and Iwandi is like, they were an okay duo, but like not on a good team. So it's hard still to hard to figure those things out. So like, I, I'm, I'm less so concerned with mid jungle than I am the other three, which is what prevented me from, from putting them above some of these more balanced and, and well known rosters. I think again, like that's what's holding me to back the most is just there's an unknown for me on these guys that are kind of new to the league because. You never know, like how how people will respond to being on the big stage. Like yeah. they could thrive in it, or they could just crumble, right? Regardless of 
how mechanically gifted they are. Yeah. Uh, so just, I guess a thought experiment on this one a little bit. Like what if this is Plex and not icon? Cause I'm a lot lower on icon just cause like he, I, I want to believe in him, but he made, he made mistakes. So many mistakes last year that were not, I'm trying really hard to carry a bad team mistakes. Like they were just bad period. So I'm like, I'm out on him. I'm, I'm, I understand that he could probably, he's probably going to regress to somewhere in the middle. If I had to guess, like he's not going to be as good as he was the year before, but he's not going to be as bad as he was last year. So like somewhere in the middle, but like to me, that's somewhere in the middle is like at best league average. Now we've seen him be better before, but like, what do you think? So like if they end up running Plex, Plex is like the Alex Smith of the LPL. Like he's just like, you need, you need a guy to fill in. He's the guy. He's like the mid laner. He's like exactly like, you know, bottom five, but he's like definitely better than a lot of the academy guys. And here's ahead, where I feel bad for this team is, or where I feel bad for Plex. Plex will never be on the iteration of this team that's good. Yeah. If, if this team is good, it won't be because Plex is in the roster. Plex will come into the roster if this team is bad. Yeah. So it's exactly. kind of like a no-win situation for him. It's like if Icon and Tarzan aren't figuring it out and the team sucks, Plex is going to get some games. <laughs> if, everybody's, if everybody's figuring it out and it's going well, Plex is never going to get, get to play. That's a so good it kind of like it, it's, it sucks because even if the other four people are good and Icon is bad, I'm still not that sure that Plex is going to see play. Yeah. Like if it's all working – like I think Icon will be at least good enough that they're not going to put Plex in. The only way he's coming in is if his teammates suck as well. So I feel kind of bad for Plex, but yeah. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm just trying to look. So I, I mean, yeah, I don't know. This team, this team, wide range of outcomes, like is the best way to describe them. So like, if you if you like taking real long shots, what's the price on them? We're gonna get to we're gonna get to futures in a little bit on these, but uh, I probably should have been reading them as we've gone. But we'll we'll touch on the futures at the end because I think we have some ideas for that. Wide range of outcomes. If you had to sum up TT in one sentence, that's it. Wide range of outcomes. So, or LNG, not TT. Also TT though. Um, next up in our composite, we have a tie for what would be tenth and eleventh. Uh, we have Victory 5 and Billy Billy Gaming at 10.75 each. So I had Victory 5 at 11 and Billy Billy. We'll, we'll do. Let me look who got more low votes. 11, 10. I mean, it's the same. I, I think we'll put Victory 5 11th just for the sake of in order here. Just, I don't know. It doesn't really matter. Uh, so Victory 5. Victory 5, same coaches as last season. They bring in Lang Ji. They, keep, uh, they bring in Aliaz. They had Aliaz last year, I think. Uh, keep Weiwei, keep Mole, keep Y4, keep PP God. So kind of running it back with the different top laner and, Mole, uh, and Y4 is going to be your full-time starter over Sam D. So I think the way you got to look at this team is Y4 – I haven't been a big fan of him, but he's also been in the league for a long time, and he's like kind of just this like replacement veteran. Um, I have him all the way to the left there, Josh. Um, Mole we saw last year. Weiwei was honestly amazing last year. He was one of the better junglers in the league last year. And then Lang Ji, you know, wasn't what we thought he was going to be last year, but uh, 
was also kind of like a victim of circumstance a little bit if you want to make that argument for him like he didn't uh a lot of times he was just on tank duty i do think he's not without criticism i think langji did not meet you know, he met my expectations but i had lower expectations than a lot of people so i'm sure a lot of people are coming in thinking that uh he had a rough season relative to his ability last season i think he was like a little below average but i also had lower expectations for him so victory 5 with the Three and a half out of five run back. Yeah, another team that has a little has a little ceiling, um, but I think the pitfalls are more likely for me than the ceiling. Yeah, uh, when I look at this team, uh, Y four. I've wanted to be a fan of Y four so many times. There's so many times when he's gotten slotted into a team where I was like, man, if he just plays, if he plays well, like this team's really good, and he's consistently underperformed every time. He gets fed so fun. often and loses it so often. That's like his trait. He's the he's yes. the, he is the LPL's wild turtle. Yes, where like he'll get tremendously rosters. fed and then throw games away. Yeah. Go ahead, sorry. He got shots, and, and I've never once been impressed with him in any of the shots that he's gotten. Uh, PP God obviously was very good last season. Mole is going to be like a league average mid laner for me, I think. Uh, Weiwei's above league average, and Longji is very as the one of, very, one of those very high range of outcomes. Yeah. I think last year he was a below average top laner. In the past, there was a there was a split two years ago where he was the best top laner in the LPL, in my opinion. Yeah. So. That's the question. What are we going to see from him? If we see the the way that he was last split again, then this team's not going to be a playoff team for sure. I think the rest of the roster is just not strong enough to carry. Um, if he reverts back to Zhaowal, then I don't know if Y4 can hold his own, then this team could be a playoff team maybe. So they, they have some upside, but I think they have a lower range of outcomes than some of these other teams. I think they're going to be like between 12th and 8th, like a lot of the time. I don't see them going much higher than that or much lower. Yeah, I think Victory 5's strongest asset is their continuity. A lot of teams are changing, and they didn't. So this might be like a bet-on team for spring. I could see that being the case. But, uh, Josh, what do you think about Victory 5? Yeah, I don't have too much to add there. I think this team is one that's like going to be frustrating to try and play in terms of bets or DFS because they're not an incredibly high ceiling. They're like a... So I like teams that are like this, that it's kind of like known quantity. But the reason that they kind of stink is that you don't ever get like great odds. Yeah. Or like great ownership expectations because because of that, like you know what's coming and so does everyone else type yeah. of They're good enough uh, to not be underrated, but not good enough to like wanna wanna buy them at a price like that. Yeah. It's like there's not there's not an insane ceiling, but I do feel like they have a, a much higher floor than every team we've talked about so far. Yeah, for sure. I think. Uh, do you guys agree on the continuity point? Like that's their big. That's like their their strong point. Yeah, I think that's probably why their floor is higher, in my opinion. They have. I, they do have the continuity, which is nice. But I felt like the Sam D PP God bot lane was a big part of what was carrying them last season and making them so good. And they yeah. lost that continuity, which is like some of the most important continuity they could have had. I think. Yeah, I, I I agree with that. I mean, personally, I thought I thought the top trio. So I think I think PP God and Sam D were obviously very very good, but I do think they reap the benefits of the top trio being extremely good and extremely well coordinated, and you're kind of disrupting that a little bit. So yeah, we'll see. I mean, uh, Sam D graded as the best player on this team. I think Weiwei is also amazing. So I think those are like your two elite players, and you downgraded, but. I mean, at least PP guys played with Y four. Like this is they've played together for half a split. 
They, you know, at the end of la- I mean, he got games in last year too, so I'm sure he's been playing in scrims and stuff. So we at least have that going. But yeah, kind of hard. I don't know, man. It's kind of hard to doubt this team a little bit, also, because they literally went from like the worst ever to. I had them as like the fourth best team in the LPL by the end of the season. I thought they should have been at Worlds, but, um, yeah, I, I think they're they're going to be in the middle of the pack here. I have them in. I, I I moved into my A tier now, which is just like seven teams deep of they're going to be battling for the last four, five, six playoff spots. So, uh, also, uh, we had Victory Five here. We had uh, Billy Billy with them. I'm quite high on Billy Billy Gaming. I think I'm higher than all of you. Uh, maybe not. I have Billy Billy at nine. John has them at 13. Josh has them at 10. And Chris has them at 11. So I'm a lot higher on Billy Billy. They bring in Coach Kim from SKT last year, Damwon in 2019, Invictus and Longju before that. Uh, it's going to be Aliyah Lee, who's a academy player, Bu Bu. Meteor, Zika, aiming, and wings at 80 carry. Probably going to be battling for that job. And then Mark and Zinmo at support. So this looks like it's going to be... Maybe they do some kind of weird, like, aiming and Mark play together and wings and Zinmo play together because they've been together for so long. Um, This team looks really, really good to me. I think Meteor is one of the best at his position in the league. They just had a whole lot of weird stuff going on last season off the field, and you know the coaching staff kept switching the roster up. They kind of had a rough. They had, they had a good start, and then all sorts of drama happened. Zeke, I have is like right in the middle. Like he's like a league average player to me. I think he it was better than I thought he was going to be last season. I think you're going to have a, either iteration of this bottom lane. I think all four of these bottom lane players are good and could be starters. So. If we if we get Bu Bu top, I'm just going to assume it's Bu Bu. I, I think this team looks pretty good, and they brought in you know a, a good coaching staff that's had success in the first season with their new teams. Uh, championship pedigree with Coach Kim. I I have him as like probably the third best coach of all time, maybe second. The coaching is actually the biggest question mark for me yeah. as far as like how they can improve the team. I think if if the coaching staff is a, is significantly better than last season, I think that's the biggest key to taking a step up. Yeah. Um, aiming, I like a lot. One of the, me and you differ a lot on Zika. I was not that impressed with Zika last year. Yeah. Um, I would, I can, don't consider him very good. Mark and Jinmo, I didn't think either one of them were very good last year. Uh, Meteor, uh, I really like, just like you. I think Meteor is a very good player. Um, and then their top lane, Bu Bu was all right last season. Aliyah Lee, uh, I don't know a ton about, but yeah. it, it seems to me like the strength for the team in my eyes is Meteor and Aiming, both of who are very good players. If everybody else on the team, if Zeke is a little bit better than he was last year, Mark is a little bit better than he was last year, then yeah, I could see the team making the playoffs maybe. But I'm not entirely sold. I do think, like I said, I think the coaching staff is pretty important because BLG's coaching staff has been atrocious yeah. for years. So if this coaching change, you know, opens up and and these guys start start picking a little bit better and their game planning is a little bit better, then that could be a big difference maker. I think what's wild about Billy Billy is that they're like traditionally like a they're like a fundamentally sound team. But just the the disruption. Like, I want to say they're mismanaged, not badly coached, more than anything. Because, like, I do think they're well coached. They're just mismanaged. Like, they always there's always some kind of revolving door somewhere over the last two years. And we saw, like, when they actually stuck with a roster two years ago, they were insanely good. Like, uh, what was it, 20, 
19 summer where they had like the fourth place finish, they stuck with the roster like basically the whole split. They didn't change that much. And they were good. So like maybe maybe find the good players and stick to them. I don't know. So, Josh, what do you think about Billy Billy? You had them at 10th. Yeah, I think uh, you guys touched on it. They're just good at every position, I think. They're just another team that it's hard to push them up any further for me. Um, I think Zika is the question mark for me. I was just doing some some more looking, and I do think it's interesting that um, – uh, who was I looking at? I think – oh, Zika, actually. So Zika was on KT Academy. Yeah. Uh, he probably has some experience playing with aiming, which is one of those kind of hidden things um, that could be interesting to see. Because I know that aiming is typically a more I, – I can't remember from VG last year if they played more bot-focused, but it seemed like they were more top trio-focused from, yeah. from my slight memory. Um, so it would be kind of interesting to see if they do end up going bot-focused with this team or what they do. I'm a little bit concerned with the supports, though. Um, I'm not sure – how good they'll, they'll really be. And I know that, you know, aiming's just so used to getting, ha- having the game kind of played around him in terms of, just, you know, the, the Korean play style that more involves. He's also had really good supports playing with him basically his entire yeah. career. So, so that, that's, that's a bit of an unknown. I think that gives me some, some pause with this team. But other than that, I, I definitely think between view, view, meteor and aiming, I would say you have, you know, three top half players, um, squad to carry you, and then you just have support in mid there. They're a bit of a question for me. To me, Billy Billy's like high floor, and then if the coaching staff is good and can upgrade this team, that I think that maybe not the sky's the limit, but nah, you know, I do. I think this, I think they could be really, really good. You know, another year full time starting for Zika, he improves maybe a little bit. So, like, yeah, to me, to me, this is like high floor and like, you know, moderate upside. And that's like the yeah. kind of like plays I like in the middle of the table. Like this is a team that I think could could go on a run or do something uh, unexpected. Here's here's one thing I'll mention about the coaching that I don't think either of you said. Uh, SKT had some pretty bad drives last year. Yeah, just objectively bad. Mm-hmm. That's a bit scary for me in terms of how how Coach Kim works into the fold here. Because like John said, this is a team that. <laughs> Really frustratingly, has just lost so many games because of horrendous drafting. Yeah, I, I love my boy Maokai, but they were they were spamming Maokai jungle, which you know he's like one of the slow players yeah. in the game. And when you have Meteor as your jungler, like you should not be playing yeah. Maokai. It, it's just like you know that's 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 definitely a question for me. I'm hopeful that it improves, but SKT's drafts were definitely not without question last year. Yeah, uh, for sure. at, at all. So, I do think um, that's a good point. I also think, like, uh, just another pro point that I don't think I mentioned last week that I'll tack on to this week is that Coach Kim is one of the few coaches that has actually had success going back and forth between the LPL and the LCK, which I think is just worth noting. Uh, he's had – I mean, this is maybe the worst, like, on-paper roster that he's ever had. If you think about it, like Longju, Invictus, Damwon 2019, SKT last year, this is probably the worst team he's had on paper anyway. But just like th- there's a track record of him going back and forth from the LPL to the LCK and doing well in both. So uh, I do think that's worth noting for sure, and I don't think I mentioned it last week. So, yeah, Billy Billy are, are intriguing um, for sure, for sure. Next up, we've got Sooning. 
uh, consensus 8.75. Uh, pretty, uh, we had some divergence on this one. So I had Suning at 10. John had them at 8. Josh had them at 8. And Chris had them at 9. So I guess really not that much divergence. So, again, take these individual rankings with a grain of salt because I think this is, like, the tier now where, like, anything's anything i think all of these teams are roughly pretty close i like some of them more than others but uh i think like this a tier or b tier whatever you want to call it is pretty crowded so john what do you think on sooning i just i think it's interesting that all four of us had the world's finalist as eighth or worse uh in the lpl this spring uh just kind of shows i think that our our mentality about what's going to happen with this team is pretty on point is that this team's not going to be nearly as good as they were last split um Ben, I, I don't have any huge questions about. Uh, I think Ben's going to be fine. SOFM, I think we're going to see be a lot worse this season than he was last season. Angel, I think, is probably likely to regress a little bit. They're missing Sword Art, who I think was kind of important to the style that they were playing. It doesn't help that Juan Feng's apparently not going to be starting the season. We don't know that 100%, but the fact that they pick up Jin Zhao makes sense with yeah. that because I don't. Jin-Jiao's they don't good. need a backup AD carry. Uh, with how Juan Feng's been playing and being like the face of their franchise, they don't need a backup AD carry unless something's happening with Juan Feng. So I don't know why else they would pick up Jin Zhao. Um, yeah, so I, I think you're going to see this team's not going to be bad. I don't think they're going to be, you know, tear. I don't think they have a ceiling or a floor of 15th place or whatever. I think they're they're going to be right in the middle of the pack somewhere fighting for playoff spots. But I think we all kind of seem to agree that probably we're looking at a lower level playoff team here and not somebody who's going to fight to win the league uh, yeah. most of the time. Yeah. I think you got to consider if you, if you consider like the range of outcomes for these individual players, I think it's fair to expect some amount of regression because especially from SOFM who just pulled an otherworldly performance last year out of nowhere after being pretty much, I mean, he's always been pretty good, but he's never been anything remotely close to this good. And I'll I'll take this moment to to remind people that solo queue do, can matter, and if you kept an eye on some of the guys that were like insanely good this year going into last year, they were all bonkers good in solo queue on like multiple servers. SOFM was one of those guys. Showmaker was one of those guys. Um, so I think it's worth noting there for sure. But like this team, I don't they they caught fire a little bit. I don't think it was all that. I don't think it was all strictly that they got hot at the right time, but I think the metagame was also good for them, like very, very good for them. And I think it's just reasonable to expect like some amount of – like I had this team – where did I have them? I think I had them like sixth last year. I had them eighth at the end of the season, like statistically speaking. I think they were probably a little bit better than that, but like they, this was like a playoff team that probably wasn't going to win the championship. They were like going to get in, be competitive. They got hot at the right time, and I kind of just have them right back there. I think they're just going to be the same team again. Suning didn't have a lot of uh, like good wins last year. They had a lot of really ugly, just like clown fiesta kind of games that they had to you know pull out of their ass for lack of better terms, and. I don't think that's a good thing. Like it's it's it can be a good thing to show that you're able to improvise and figure those situations out and work your way out of a bad spot. That's a that is a skill. G two are very good at that, by the way. But it's not a good thing if you're doing that against like a wide variety of te- quality of teams, right? And they they kind of had some games like this against bad teams too. So 
realistically, I think Sooning are just like right smack in the middle. I think they're going to be pretty good. They're probably going to be contending for a playoff spot. Uh, yeah, just don't assume because they made World Finals that they're going to be good. I think that's like the safest way to put it, right? They do have continuity working for them. They lose their head coach, and they lose Sword Art, obviously. So, And then maybe this Juan Fine. I mean, maybe I'm not giving enough credit to the downside here. Like I'm, I'm, I'm treating them like a reasonably high floor team when maybe I shouldn't be. Like if On's not good, who's the the support that they're bringing in? If On's not good, Huan Fong ends up suspended or something like that, and we get like a big time regression from one or multiple players on this team, then they're not going to be a playoff team, I don't think. So maybe I'm not giving. Maybe I should put the floor lower than I have it, but I'm kind of giving the respect to just the quality of players on this team. What do you guys think? Am I not giving the floor uh, enough credit? I would just say one one thing to note is that Jinjob did play every single game in the, the Mossy Cup. I think they only played one one uh, series there, but they got 0-3'd by uh, Vici, or the, who is now Rare Adam, yeah. um, and Jinjob played all three of those games. Um, that I mean, obviously, preseason tournament, blind pick, a lot of weird stuff going oh, on. We just there, got but, there. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I think – I do think that the they have one of the higher floors. I would say I'd be surprised if they were lower than like eleventh or something like that. Um, but maybe I, I mean I don't know. Like, it's really just hard to tell because if if things go really poorly, like SOFM and Angel take a massive step back, then. The bottom kind of falls out a bit, I think. Yeah, even if one of them, like I think specifically SOFM, because I, I mean, he, I had him graded very high. He was like one of the best position players at any anywhere in the world. He was very good last season, but I mean, if he falls back to like even league average level, then this team's in trouble. I think. Like I don't, I don't know. There's just a lot of question marks suddenly that we didn't really know about before. So I, I think my bigger issue with Sooning is that I don't. It, it's it's weird to say it, but I don't see their ceiling as that high. Because we just saw their ceiling, and that was like the confluence of all the best-case scenarios coming true, right? They were playing very, very well. The metagame was great for them. And, like, I don't – like, that's not always going to be true. You're going to have to go through some adversity. And they do – they did go through that. But, like, we saw the best of the best of the best. And I, I just don't see that happening again. So – to, to me, they kind of are like a like a moderate ceiling team. Like I can't see this team being much better than like fifth, maybe. Like they were last year. <laughs> yeah, I actually think like I think there's actually some teams that we had rated very lowly that have higher ceilings. Yeah, that's stunning. That are much lower floors but higher ceilings. Yeah, they're assuming yeah, definitely interesting. They and also like the hangover effect. I haven't gone through and actually done that before, but like team that loses in the finals. I would I have to like go back and check just to see if it's like the Super Bowl hangover, right? But like that long off season matters, especially if you're gonna have changes. So maybe a slow start. I could see this team having a slow start and maybe, you know, banging a bet against team for the first half of the season or something and then we'll kinda see where it goes. But yeah, sooning sooning I think low range of outcomes, uh low ish ceiling. Not like super low, but I think like low ceiling but like moderate floor. I think they're just, like, right smack in the middle. Like, I think they're going to be somewhere between, like, 7th and 11th or something like that. Like, 
I don't really see them doing much better than that. Uh, next up we have Vici at, let's see. So I had Vici seven. Do you have Vici on here, John? Am I just missing it? Oh yeah. You changed the name. So you have their name is rare Adam. Rare Adam. Sorry. Vici slash rare Adam. I had them at seven. John had them at nine. Josh has them at nine and Chris has them at seven. So uh, we land on a consensus of eight there. We talked a lot about this team. I'm extremely bullish on this team, and I still put them at seven. But keep that. I, I, to me, I probably think they're better than that now that I'm thinking about this more. Like, I kind of like them more than WE. But I'm a little bullish on them, but the top seven in this league is so strong it's for so me. so good. Yeah, exactly. That I'm not considering putting them above any of those other teams. Yeah. Uh, but I had them. Ninth, I actually had them behind Sunning as well. I think you could flip them in Sunning, and I wouldn't be mad in my rankings, but I wouldn't put either one of those teams in contention to be in the top seven. I think, like, my top seven is as close as you're going to get to locked in as far as, like, who I think is going to be the top seven teams in the league, and I don't think either one of these teams are on the list. There's a few that could fall out there, but um, I do like the team. I think Fofo uh, was an extremely mechanically skilled player. There were some other issues with him, but the mechanical skill seemed like it was there. I had all but given up on iBoy, but he's looked good in the preseason tournament here. He had a decent year last year. Could be fine. I'm pretty high on Cube. Um, their jungle situation, we're not 100% sure if we're going to see Aches or if Layan is coming back. Uh, we've seen kind well, of Lay- Layan suspended for the first two games because of the, the, the what's it called, the bug. On, um, yeah, we've seen we've seen aches heavily heavy so far, so we're not sure if we're going to see Lan or not. Hang uh, Hong, I'm not super impressed with, but the rest of the team, I think there's a lot of there's a lot of skill here, but they're still kind of similar to Sunning for me in that I think their floor is pretty high, but their ceiling is pretty low compared to the other teams that are in this league. There's a lot of talent in the top seven teams. Yeah, I'm going to be writing a lot about Vici. I'm I'm pretty maybe this ranking isn't expressing how bullish I am on them, but I, I think. Uh, you take a deeper look at some of the numbers and stuff like that, and they're they're way way better than they did last season. So I'm a little bit optimistic on that front, but uh, I'm also cognizant that they don't that doesn't tell the whole story with this team. So yeah, we'll see. I'm I'm very optimistic. I'm probably more optimistic than this. I should probably move them up a tab, but I'm not going to do it right now. Um, Josh, thoughts on Vici? Here's the thing about that. So two, I have two thoughts. One is that was the case all of last year as yep, well, though. Exactly. It never came true. So that – I mean, look, outliers are a thing. You know, they're not necessarily predictable, but when it's the exact same team and the exact same players, there's some reason for question. That being said, they are getting a brand new coaching staff. But that's my other call for pause on this team, I think, is that they're getting a brand new coaching staff. I mean, they promoted – so they, the one they kept was Loong, who they're promoting from assistant to head, but the rest is new. So, yeah, I mean they lost. The they lost. Kong, 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 Kong. Yeah, Maokai and Pumandu. Um, so I don't know. I mean that's a lot of movement. Uh, so it's just always tough to tell. Again, from our from our perspective, what what sort of impact that has on these guys. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that's a reason for pause, at least for me. Um, so I, I, I think this is a fair ranking. I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped down a couple spots. I would be pretty surprised, like John said, if they jumped over any of those top seven teams. Um, and 
I, I, do, I do think that they have a lot of talent on this team. It's just a question of whether or not with the new mid laner and new coaching staff, they'll be able to you know figure all that out quick enough. Yeah, yeah I think that's fair. I, I guess, I guess like, so you, you, you would be less surprised if they drop down. I, to me, I'd be more surprised if they drop down below this. So th- I guess that's like the difference here is like, uh, that's where I'm more bullish than you guys are, I think. But yeah, I don't think you can realistically say like, oh, they're going to win the split or anything like that. I think it's in the realm of possibility with the players they have, but um, I think this ranking kind of reflects optimism without being, you know, egregiously optimistic. If that makes sense. I just, I guess, just like for me, like if they were below like Billy Billy and Sooning, that wouldn't surprise me. Not, I, I wouldn't say drop way down, but if they ended below Billy Billy and Sooning, that yeah. wouldn't. I think that's fair. I think that's, that's a, a fair, fair tier, those three teams. Uh, anything else on Vichy? Yeah, their name's Rare Adam. It's rare yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you're actually going to be writing about Vichy Gaming at yeah, all. You're right. It's going to be Rare Adam. God damn it. <laughs> um, next up we've got EDG, Edward Gaming, coming in at our seventh consensus rank of 6.25. I had them at eight. Sean had them at six. I guess I should have put them at six for the memes, right? They're like the curse of the LPL, just always sixth place, right? Uh, I'm going to like go and look that up, and they've been like sixth place once, I bet. Watch. <laughs> it just seems like they're always there. So uh, I had them at eight. John had them at six. Josh has them at three. And Chris had them at eight. So, Josh, you're the, the EDG bull in the room here. So what, what what's, uh, what's the optimism? All right. So last year... If you guys remember, we had a show where we went position by position to the best players in the league. Um, for me, at 80 carry, it was hope. And the only thing I can see happening out of adding Viper is either Viper is better than hope, so he would then be my best 80 carry in the league, or Viper's com- competition makes hope level up further and hope solidifies that. Uh, so starting there, I think that that addition is only positive for this team. And we talked a lot about that last week as well. Yeah. Uh, second thing I think is the top lane upgrade is like pretty, pretty massive. I think Flandre is an extremely good player. Um, it's escaping me who came off, who was the top laner last year. Uh, they second. had a bit of a timeshare with uh, yeah, Zhao Zhang and, um, and yeah, Audi or whatever. Right? Yeah, Audi. How do you was actually pretty good last year? He was, yeah, he was what pretty good. I just, <laughs> yeah. So I think, I think Flandre is a massive upgrade. Um, and I think that that, you know, if I like, you're getting so minuscule, like in terms of what's separating these teams, I think that that being such a big step up in one position is like a very massive booster for me. And then, um, the fact that they're the one thing I, I will say, I don't necessarily like, Oh, the, the other thing I want to touch on was Gory. I think that Gory is a is a stunt, a freak yeah. um, from T one system. I think he was a monster in solo queue, if I remember yeah. correctly. The only thing Gory's done wrong is be behind Faker and closer. That's it. That's exactly. the only thing he's done wrong. <laughs> like he's done literally nothing and, wrong. It's just Faker. Yeah. So I uh, we'll talk about it later. But I, I wrote down below if if he starts, I would like just like if he's announced a starter, I would absolutely go nuts on on their futures. Um, because I think he just uh, naturally is going to have a higher ceiling than Scout, who who kind of is like no quantity at this point. Yeah. Um, I really just like this roster, and I think that a lot of the other rosters, who I still think are good, have have more questions than 
than necessarily are being priced into a market specifically. Yeah, uh, EDG, I think for sure are one of. And we're going to get to futures in a little bit, but they're they're one of my favorite you know spots to attack there, just because I think the price is way wrong. But I again, like this this whole tier of teams is very very good. Uh, I could see I could see EDG being. I could see EDG winning the split. This team's good. The lineup's really yeah. good. Like, if Clear, Love, if Clear Love ends up being 75% of his old self, like, if Clear Love ends up being above average, this team's going to be bonkers good. I don't think we're going to see that much Clear Love. I don't think so either. <laughs> I think probably it's going to be GG, but I, I agree with with Roberts that I think the biggest liability on this team possibly is Scout, maybe. Um, I actually really like the rest of the roster. I think Flandre is really good. I think GG played pretty well. Whether it's Hope or Viper, I'm hopeful for the AD carry position. I think Mako's a stud. Obviously, Scout has one of the most storied histories. Like, he's been a beast for a long time. He had a tough year last year. Yeah, maybe his worst um, season. Yeah, probably his worst season that I remember seeing. And so, I think if we see a change in this roster, or if something is a problem, it's probably the mid lane. But you have to put some faith in Scout. And like Robert said, I do think Gory is a beast. And if Scout's not able to hold it up this season, uh, I, I don't think they're going to have any problem with, with Gory coming in. So the team just seems really high ceiling. I think they have championship-level ceiling. Yep. Um, we're, we're moved in now to my list of – I have seven teams that I think are completely capable of winning this year, and we're in that list now. Uh, so I, I think EDG has has championship ceiling, a pretty high floor. I don't, I don't really see any way that this team's not a playoff team. I would be really surprised if this team was not a playoff team. Yeah. So yeah, I love EDG. Love what they've done. I think the roster's great. Yeah, I think uh I will say this for Scout, like not in defense, but like just as as a point of optimism, I guess, is he had a really rough like summer split, maybe the worst of his career, but the last couple of weeks he actually looked a lot better and he looked like he got back on track, so like maybe it was just a you know, maybe he was just in a funk or something like that for a little while, but he he got back on on board toward the end of the season. He looked a lot better, like more. He looked more like he's looked in his career toward the end of the season after kind of a, a, a rough start to the split. So, uh, yeah, I I'm I'm a big fan of this team. I think they're going to be way underpriced. I think they're going to be definitely a team to bet on early in the season because I think the prices are going to be like way way off on this team. Uh, we're going to get to that in a bit. Go ahead, Josh. One other quick nugget: uh, they added Malachi as coach, so. You know, naturally, I have to rank them higher than the rest of you. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of this team. I think the super high floor and high ceiling as well. So I think it's a that's exactly what you want to be doing if you can do it. So, <laughs> um, next up, uh, we have I guess our sixth place consensus 5.0 was Royal Never Give Up. Uh, I put RNG at five, but again, keep in mind this entire A tier from RNG down to V- victory five who i had 11 is kind of all a wash to me i think some of them are better than others john has them at three josh has them at six and chris's favorite team he has them at sixth so rng just to recap a little bit they basically picked up uh e-star <laughs> um or not yeah they just picked up e-star more or less uh they Tabe is going to move from co- uh, to head coach from assistant, old uh, famous interviewee, uh, world's finalist. They add Zhao Bai Wei. They had crying last year. That was a whole debacle. We talked about that. So they add Zhao Bai Wei and crying. I'll say add crying because he's going to be starting now. 
Zhao Hu is going to try to make the transition to top lane. They still have Zhao Longbao uh, as well. Gala and Ming are going to be the bottom lane, and they also have Lele, who is on the academy team as a support backup, presumably. I think this team, even with Zhao Bai, has like season-winning potential. Do you guys feel the same way? Absolutely. I actually, I actually am higher on Zhao Bai than some people. I think Zhao Bai is a very good he's top a good laner. Player. So... He's, he's a lot like Morgan to me, where he's. Very good or solo. I don't want to. Comp- I shouldn't. I shouldn't even put that in the same level. But what I'm saying is, solo was good at the job that he needed to do. He's not going to be like some stud that's like hard carrying games or whatever. But Jabai as a role player is probably better than his player grade is going to show. Yeah, I think I think Jabai is is good, like a, an above average top laner in the league, probably just slightly. Um, so th- this is the same situation as Roberts discussing the 80 carries uh, for EDG. Is kind of like either Zhao Hu is really good in the top lane, and if he's not, then Zhao Bai's good. Yeah. So like they are either going to get a like a stud top laner out of Zhao Hu, or they're going to get a good top laner out of Zhao Bai, in my opinion. Uh, Wei, we talked about him last week and and the way that his stats looked last year and how insane he is. I think that's that's huge. Cryon was an absolute monster the last time we saw him as the full time starter for a team. I'm a little bit worried about Gala. I mean, Ming's been around forever. The, the vet is a veteran savvy from Ming is going to be fine, I think. Gala is the only part that I'm a little bit worried about. He was okay he, last he, year, too. He was fine. Yeah, he was okay, but he's, he's like the only one on the team I'm not excited about. Every other part of this team I'm really excited about. Uh, so for me, they're a championship pedigree, like championship ceiling, and same as, the, uh, same as uh, EDG. Like championship ceiling would be very surprised if they're not a playoff team. Uh, I think they're going to find themselves in the playoffs almost for sure. I also think they're going to start fast. Like you, you have a lot of chemistry between your top trio, who completely dominated when they were playing together on Eastar before they got, you know, split up essentially. And then you've got continuity in the bot lane. So you've got a top trio that were they dictated the pace better than maybe any top trio in the league, and that's including players that I think were better than them. But like as a trio, probably the best trio. Uh, in terms of overall performance, I think when they were playing together, they were amazing. That was like what he, that was what they did, and you have that coupled with continuity in the bottom lane. I'm super optimistic because like, and then God for like, if Zhao Hu ends up being good, like you have that just as an added like icing on the cake. You know what I'm saying with this team? Like if Zhao Hu ends up making the transition to top and he's just a savage, and we see like a like a was a Gen X. Made the transition in Europe. Yep. And he was, like, pretty good. In his, he was very good in his first year. Like, if Zhao can do something like that, and all of a sudden we've got, like, that upside too, even the backups. Like, Zhao Bao was, like, an above-average jungler last year. Like, this team is yeah, just... Yeah, I thought XLB was pretty good. This team is just stacked. And I think the ceiling's high. I think the floor is high. I think they're going to be very undervalued, as we're going to talk about in a second. I think they're going to be... Easy to hit early in the season because I think there's a lot of chemistry between the top trio and the bottom trio. I think as long as we can get that together. I think it's easier to combine those two things together right away than to have different combinations elsewhere. Like if your jungle mid isn't the same or your top jungle is not the same or if you're split – if you have like the same support and jungle but not the same carry. I think uh, I think this specific iteration of 3 plus 2 is the easiest to put together in terms of continuity. And you've already got built-in chemistry here. So – I they have all the makings of an undervalued team for sure. Go ahead, Josh. I just want to say two things. One, I agree with John. I think the biggest question is Gala. But two, and I know we're not supposed to do this, where would you rank this team with Viper? 
at, at AD Carry instead of Gallo. Uh, I very hard for me to put him outside of the top two. See, so I'm I'm slightly I, I think Viper's very good, but I also just have questions. We talked about that yeah. extensively already. So I would probably treat that as like if I'm treating him as like slightly above average, like maybe fourth or fifth best carry, like given maybe he has some hiccups here and there as he's getting a like uh, probably a little higher than this, but like that's like I already have them pretty high. So I have them them up at all though. I'd probably move. I'd probably move them above fun plus. I'm I'm talking myself into moving them above fun plus anyway. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat because I would move them up for sure, but I have them third in mind, so it's like really tough to move them up. Uh, I actually probably would move them up above third uh, if, if they had Viper. I think that would be just a roster of five studs for the most part. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I just think this team's really good. I'm a little bit surprised they didn't try to replace Gala, but yeah, I mean, maybe they did, and we just don't know about it. We didn't hear about it, like a failed negotiation or something like that. But I mean, like. I mean, I had Gala graded as, as the 12th AD carry last year. Like, in terms of his numbers, he was slightly above average, but there were a lot of good carries in the LPL last year. So, like, he's just fine. But, yeah, if that's the question – like, if that's your question mark, then that's a pretty good situation to be in. So, yeah, I think we're all we're all very, very optimistic about RNG. So, I think, uh, I think Chris's favorite team is going to be good this year. Hopefully, they can be a little less two-faced than they were during the summer season. So hopefully the new head coach changes that a little bit. Next up, we've got Team WE. Uh, consensus, we have a tie. We have a three-way tie for third, all with 4.5 average uh, composite rating here. Uh, I had WE at six. John has them at two. We'll go to you in a second. Josh has them at five. Chris has them at five. So I'll say the changes real quick, and then I'll, I'll, I'll let the, the bull take the floor here. Uh, so same coaching staff as last year. They bring in Breathe, who is Curse from OMG. And then presumably, so we have Beishang, Jumeng, and Missing are going to be playing. The mid lane, they have Tichama, Shanks, and Yimeng. So it's just going to be a matter of who it is. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's WE. Kind of basically most of a run back with uh, a swap out top lane and potentially a mid lane change. So, John, you had them at number two. I'm the I'm the bull here, and the reason for that is I think this team has four bona fide studs. I think Curse, Beishang, uh, Zhumeng, and Missing are all bona fide studs. Um, I was just talking about how much I love the RNG roster, and really I think they have like three and a half bona fide studs. And this team for me has four, and whether or not they're going to win the league is entirely going to come down to whether one of these mid laners is a is at least like an above average mid laner. I thought Teacher Ma was what was holding them back for the most part last season. They went with Shanks in the preseason tournament. He looked pretty good. Um, it wasn't like, you know, stud status, but he looked pretty good. They're going to need a little bit more than that from him. I think, you know, we've seen before that so goes the mid lane, often goes the LPL. Like there's a lot of very good mid laners at the top. And if you, if you can't compete with a knight or you can't compete with, you know, a rookie, it can be tough to beat. Some of those teams, when you're in the playoffs, they can just sometimes just take over some of these games. So they're going to need something out of the mid lane. But if they find a mid laner here who can hold his own, 
I think the other four positions on this on the map for WE are just stacked. They're like my big come up for this season. I think they're going to be awesome. Um, they the need only Angel. Thing- they need Angel. They need a guy that's just like not bad. <laughs> that's that's I all they need in mid lane. I might have honestly power ranked them first if they hadn't just gotten three zeroed by top esports in the in the preseason tournament. I know it's the preseason tournament; it doesn't mean everything, but it was worrisome that they got absolutely destroyed in the finals of the Demacia Cup. Uh, so I, I'm a little bit worried for them uh, from that, but I think this team has like nowhere to go but up, and it's just a really really great lineup. I'd be really surprised if they were lower than like fourth or fifth when we get to the playoffs. I think they're just an awesome team. Yeah, we talked uh, we talked a lot about it last week. Um, I'm not quite as high on Icon slash, or not Icon on Curse slash Breathe as you are, but I still think he's a very good player and he's got a tremendous ceiling. To me, the bigger question with WE is whether or not they are going to become a more I want to say proactive, but they were a team last season that relied way too much on other teams' mistakes. They just kind of like played. They kind of played and waited for other teams to make to make mistakes. They weren't very often engineering situations that were positive for them. They just kind of waited for the LPL to be the LPL. And I give them credit for that because they just looked at the league and said, like, look, if we just don't screw up, we're going to win a bunch of games. I do think they upgraded. I think the mid lane can't possibly be worse than it was last year for what that's worth. Uh, I, I will give credit to Tishamah. Like, as, as bad as he was individually, like, it just worked. Like, that dynamic just worked for the team. They had a very, like, two-strategy approach. They either played, like, the classic two-core scaling or they played with one of his wonky roaming picks. And they they were very, like, binary in terms of their strategies, which I think is a little predictable, which is a concern for me. But, I mean, yeah, I'm with you. Like, they have they – have, they over-exceeded expectations last year, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, I think we were all pretty high on them before the season started last year. But uh, they definitely were better than I thought they were going to be, for sure. And I think they're better. They should be better this year. So, yeah, if, if they hit on the mid lane, if they get like a like a league average mid laner out of this combination, even if it's even if it's a like a trio, like even if it's like they're going back and forth, like certain people play certain matchups or something like that, I could if if the if Team WE mid laner ends up being average overall, I yeah, I think this team's. Top three, top four. That's just like the big question. That and the and the whole strategic angle are the big question marks for me. That's the only thing holding me back. Because player wise, they're good. There's two things I wanted to say real quick before we pass to Josh. The first one is this was a beautiful rebuild by WE overall the last few years. One at a time, you saw these players come in. Every time it was somebody where I was like, I don't know that much about missing. I don't know that much about Juming. I don't know that much about Beishang. And every time they turned out to be good, and they did it one at a time, yep. basically. Where do we need to replace? Where's the weakness? Okay, it's AD Carry. We'll bring in Juming. Where's our weakness now? It's support. We'll bring in Missing. Where's our weakness now? It's Jungle. Let's bring in Beishong. Now this split, they said, where's our weakness top? We're bringing in Breathe. Um, and the last position, I do think they probably need to find a different mid laner at some point unless we get something big out of Shanks here. The other thing I was going to say, though, is if you put Knight or Rookie on this team, I would bet $10,000 on them at their current odds for yeah. futures. If you oh, yeah. if you if you replace them with like a stud stud mid laner, yeah, a rookie or, or a knight or somebody like that, I would I would be like betting that my biggest futures bet of all time on them at their current odds. So if they get a decent mid laner, a solid mid laner here, you know, that's how I feel about them. Go, ahead, Josh. Yeah, I don't have too much to add. 
they're just good. Like it's pretty much that simple. I will say the reason I had them lower is because I'm I am concerned about McLean. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I I, I kind of like Teacher Ma and do, like he reminds me of Doinby in terms of the style of play he likes and I like that play style, but it feels a bit gimmicky to me, and I just don't know how far you can go with gimmick. Yeah, uh, you do have to at some point you have to show that you're you're good. Like that's the like that's why Doinby is good. Because he has these gimmicks, and he's very good at them, and he has this whole toolbox full of them, right? And even in situations where it's predictable, the fact of the matter is he's still just extremely good. So when he has to revert back to just, like, normal meta picks, he's still just – he might not be knight, but he's still extremely good. He's, like, one of the best mid laners in the league. So Tishima doesn't have that luxury, but I'm I'm with you. Like, sometimes that's good. That's a good dynamic. Like, you shouldn't try to fight – Knight with teacher mod try to just play rally and soul so you don't have to you know like that kind of thing um maybe a hypothetical here i guess maybe what if the spring season goes through they don't have a good spring maybe they they make playoffs and they're bounced in the first round or something like that and the mid lane's a problem again if xiaohu doesn't end up playing top lane do they go get xiaohu or would it be too weird the fact that he'd been working on top lane the whole split? Because Xiaohu I'm, was amazing last season relative to his career. Like he had the best season of his career as a mid laner. I'm and, serious. If I was them and they had a bad split here and they needed a mid laner, or they if they had a good split but the mid lane was clearly the problem, I'm literally messaging the best teams in the world because I think I have a world championship yeah. roster here. If I get a stud mid laner, I'm messaging TES. They're probably not return my call, but I'm messaging them. I'm messaging Invictus Gaming. I'm going to Korea and messaging the teams that have the best mid laners in Korea. If, if I'm them and the mid lane is a problem this split, I think I have a world's roster here with a good mid laner. I'm going to call the team that Blank has all check. the best mid laners in the world. I'm Blank. calling G2. I'm calling everybody to try to get somebody on this team. Yeah, Blank check to whoever can give us a good mid laner. And, I mean, if that happens, it's a world's team. This is like a world championship contender. So That's how I feel about it. Yeah, and I think they're already very, very good, so... Yeah, WE, a lot to be optimistic about there. Um, next up, we had also in our three-way tie here, we had Fun Plus Phoenix. I had them at four. I'm kind of thinking I like RNG more than them, so I wish I could flip those two, and I wish I could remove this tier thing. But we'll t- read my write-up at the eSports department for an uh, updated version of this, which should be out in the next couple of days. I'm probably going to have it out tomorrow or the next day. I'm pretty much done with it. Um, I had Fun Plus at four. John had them at four. Josh had them at seven, and Chris had them at three. He said three at its most optimistic. So, Fun Plus, obviously, add Nogari. We talked a lot about this last week, how I don't necessarily think top lane was their problem. It just was the easiest thing to point to. That said, they probably upgrade. Like, it is an upgrade, right? Like, Khan and Gimgoon graded very, very highly, but Nogari's better than both of them so this is still an upgrade i think it's a pretty big upgrade yeah like i also do think there's question marks on the roster still yeah um i'll mention so they they bring in stake former lms player coached rng in 2019 uh, lng last season and they kept the their head assistant so it's gonna be nogari tian doimbi lwx and crisp they also added spear who was a korean ad carry from Damn one system, barbecue olivers in Challenger Korea. So and barbecue olivers, sorry. 
running it back with Nogri at top lane. I, the frustrating thing with Fun Plus is that like I have a hard time being optimistic about this team because I really don't like Stake very much. But like these players are just so damn good that like it's hard. It's hard to have them any lower than this. But I really they they were they were not good last season. Like they didn't get snubbed. They didn't struggle at the wrong time. Like they were not a good team last season. Like they were like at best an average team with a good record last season. Like they were to me they were like the opposite of Vici, where I think Vici actually you look at them and I think their performance outweighed the results. I think Fun Plus was probably worse than their record. But man, it's it's just hard with these players to not have them like in the top five at least, right? Like I'm I'm a little bit worried about their bot lane. Yeah. For FTX. I, I I'm actually not worried about Doinby. I think he's gonna bounce back just fine on this team. Um I think Tian will bounce back. I think Tian had a disappointing year last year, but I think he'll bounce back. If I was worried about anything, I'm worried about their bot lane a little bit. Um LWX had some questionable splits before he came to Fun Plus. He was also very good in some other splits, but he's had some questionable splits in history. Yeah. And I think last year he had some questionable questionable splits. So I, I'm a little bit worried about them. I think their floor is lower than some of these other elite teams, but they still, for me, have championship winning potential. They're in my yeah. top seven. I think they could win the championship if things went right for them. Yeah, Josh, uh, you had them the lowest out of all of us. What do you What do you think? Like, what's the uh, I'll, I'll, yeah? I'll start it here with like everyone here is really close. Yeah, for me, I just don't necessarily agree that they'll bounce back. Like to me, when I look at them compared to even just say EDG. Right, if we go position by position on the roster. So you have Nuggery versus Flandre. Like, sure, Nuggery's the reigning world champion, but I don't even know if he's better in China than than Flandre. Yeah. So I don't I think that's pretty close to a toss-up. In the jungle, I think Tian I, okay, so I, th- this should be my preface. I think they're getting a little bit phased out, and I don't know if the meta will change to, to, to help fix that. But to me, like last year, it just looked like Tian was always behind. And not necessarily like in terms of like XP, jungle, whatever, but like to plays. And like it felt like they were just always a step behind on making the plays that they wanted to make. And I don't know what causes that, but that's kind of the vibe I got. And I just don't necessarily know that they can shake that. Because it feels like one of those funks you just get in as a player and as a team, that's going to be really hard to shake because it's like, they're not doing that much differently than they were the year before when they won Worlds. So, like, why do they need to change stuff? Um, and you can get a little bit complacent. But I don't know. I just, to me, that's that's kind of why I end up having them seventh. Again, they're a good team. They're in the best tier. I could see them winning the split. But to me, they're the least likely of the teams just because I feel like they have the most established – like, I feel like there's not much missing in terms of, like, a, a projection on them. Like, I feel like they – you kind of know what you're going to get. And to me, that's a negative in this sense because they're like they don't have the ceiling as some of these other teams do, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, so think about last season. It's this is like treat this essentially like the, it's the same roster. Maybe you could make an argument that Nogari's an upgrade, right? Like that's what was a slight upgrade. Like they had good players on paper. This team was the top three team in the league last year. Why didn't they do it? Like, why didn't they perform well? I think they kind of, like, the meta, I think, was, like, not great. They were a little slow to adapt, but eventually they did. And even when they did, like, it was not great. Like, they weren't a bad team last year. But, like, I don't want to 
just completely dunk on Fun Plus. Like they were not a bad team last year, but they were not as good as the record last year for sure. And yeah, like and the other. Good. And then the other thing with them is like they need the right meta, and that that's one of the best things that I would say about G two last year that we saw that like. Even when it's not Yankos's meta, he still found a way to like actually make it work. I don't think you could say the same about Tian, and I think the main reason is just because of the type of player Doimbi is, and that is that he's a supportive mid laner, which I love, just like the premise of. But he's not gonna, he's not. You're never gonna see him get a 25 stack Silas Medjai's game like you will see from Cats, yeah. right? I, mean, uh, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't want to say never. He's yeah. capable of that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I don't want to say never, but that's not his preferred way of playing. Yeah. And his preferred way of playing. And I think the fact that they can't like flip that gear on is what holds them back in my mind a little bit. Yeah. I just like players wise, this team should be good. They just should have been good last season too. And they just weren't like they were, I mean, they were good. They weren't, they were not nearly as good as they should have been period. And I don't think, it, I don't think, I think at first you could say it was a meta thing, but like they even figured it out, like they were playing the meta champions. Like they were basically on meta for the entire summer and they just weren't that good. Like they, I, I shouldn't say not that good. They just weren't what they should have been. Like, they weren't as good. They, they were basically like Sooning. Like, this is like a pretty good team. I think the meta was a little better for Sooning than it was for them. But, like, fundamentally, player the players are good. They make overall good decisions. They're just not – they're not elite at anything. That was the problem with them last year. And in a competitive league, everyone else took a step up and they just kind of stayed the same and maybe downgraded a little bit. And they're gonna. Ha- I mean, they have to be better. They have to be better this year, because I don't think they were as good as the record last year. And I think a lot of teams have made upgrades that were in the middle there. So, I mean, I have fun plus at four. I think that's very optimistic. Thinking about it now, like I like RNG more. I'm, I'm like, I'm like redoing this list as we're talking about it. But like, fun plus got to show me something. The players are there. They have the ability to win it, but they, there was a lot of question marks. And I don't think it was the players. The players all graded out fine, really. It was just overall as a team, they just lacked something. Like they just weren't quite as good as everyone else. So um, lots of proof here for Fun Plus, but I think they're capable of doing it for sure. The third team that we had tied for third was a team that's going to be all over the place. I think this was a pretty one of the bigger divergences we had. Uh, Invictus. I have Invictus at two. John had them at seven, Josh has them at four, and Chris has them at four. So, Invictus, uh, they bring in Firefox, who took the year off last year, but was in the uh, LMS the year before with J-Team, with IMA before that in the OPL. So the Shy, uh, what's the deal with Ning? Didn't something happen? He's taking he's taking time he's, off. He's out. He's yeah, out. He's, out now. He's, he's taking time off. So it's going to be Zune. Uh, from the LDL champion lineup of LD, uh, of IG Young. Rookie, they bring in Wink. So we have 380 carries here. Wink, Puff, and Snow, who was uh, the academy, in the academy team with Zune and uh, another team, we're gonna, another player we're going to mention. Bowlan and Lucas at support. Lucas, again, we've seen a little bit of and was uh, on that team as well. And I think they dropped Reheal. This is out of date. And South, they still have Southwind, I think, under contract. So let's go with uh, the Shy, Zune, Rookie, Wink, and Bowlan as like our expected roster here. Um, 
I actually think Zune is probably going to be an upgrade from Ning. And this is maybe an unpopular opinion. But Ning was not good. Ning worked for this team, but it was kind of like Teacher Mod to me, where it's like, yeah, it worked for this team, but like if you can get an upgrade... like If Zune is slightly below league average, I think this is an upgrade. I think Ning was actually very, very bad last year. Now I didn't think Ning was very, very bad, but I do agree with you that I think he was not elite. I think he doesn't have... He's very good at what he does, which is why I think he looks better than he is, but the fact that you can't threaten a lot of different stuff with him, that you know he's just going to be picking a playmaker and focusing on ganking lanes, makes you very predictable, and I don't think this team has to be predictable. So, I, I actually, I'm treating I'm treating this as an upgrade. Like, at worst, stays the same. And I was already pretty high on Invictus because I liked them going into Worlds last year, and they just could not beat LGD, apparently. So, I view this team exactly the same way that Roberts views FPX. And that you guys were talking about viewing FPX. Um, they didn't, like, this is the same team, basically. They're changing their jungle to Zune, which is probably a small upgrade, I think. They're changing their AD carry to Wink, which I think is probably a small upgrade. For the most part, this is the same team, and they massively underperformed last year to my expectations. So I have to have somebody show something to me to show me why they're not going to underperform again when I just saw this team. What I I think you're never going to have the core of this team not just be Rookie and the Shy and the jungler helping them out and trying to get them way ahead. So I don't think the bot lane upgrade is that important. The question is whether the jungle upgrade is a big deal. That's the that's the thing for me. Is if Jun is is really good, then Invictus is going to be really good. If Jun is not good, then I don't think Invictus is going to be good. They're the only team I have in the top seven that I could see not making the playoffs if things don't go their way. Uh, but I can see them winning the league, which is why they're in my top seven league winners bracket there. Yeah. So yeah. Again, John is the lowest on us, but he still has them in this top tier. With, with this whole collection of teams. So to, I, I guess where we, where we differ is I'm, I tend to go toward regression to what my expectation was last season, despite underperformance. So I tend to bias that way and you tend to bias the other way, I think, which is a fine way. It's just like how you look at things, right? So like to me, IG should have been better than they were last season. So I'm willing to upgrade to what I think they should be or what they should have been last season, which was two. I had them at two last season going into Worlds, and they just lost LGD. Now, or I had them at three. Sorry, JDG and Top were ahead of them. Um, so I tend to bias that way. So I'm, I guess, I don't want to say like optimistic, but I'm, I'm biased in terms of uh, regression to what my expectation was from last year. Whereas I think you are re- ready to question it, which I think is a totally fine way to look at. But that's like, I think that's the gap between these rankings. So like that's why I have them too. You have them at seven. Josh, where do you where do you, you have them? You had them right in the middle at four here, like right between us. So like, where where do you lie on IG, or is that just like a function of of that? Uh, so I actually I didn't hear the news about the Ning thing. Um, he was a big reason that I could, didn't feel like I could put them much higher because I I just don't I think the meta game for him again is one that's just passed him by, and he's not gonna be able to adapt. Um, I, I don't know how to feel about Zoom just because I again I, I don't know anything about him. Um, I was trying to look over some of his stats. He looks like he has pretty good stats, but he looks like he also is just abusing graves. 
So it's really hard to tell if that means he was good or not. Yeah, that team just completely stomped the LDL. So it's it's yeah. like all of their players are going to have very very good looking stats, which is the, right. the, kind of the tough thing about evaluating them. But at some point, they're just good, right? Yeah, I mean, and and I'm kind of, I I am a little bit concerned by the fact that he was just playing Graves so so much because that makes me feel like, uh, who who was the European Masters guy, um, that just got called up, Tinks or Elioya or. Tinks, yeah, Tinks. Tinks, it's like, uh, like he was, like, the fact that he kept it real in that interview and was like, you know, I could just be bad if it's not a Graves meta type deal. Um, that makes, you know, it's, it's hard for me to tell mm-hmm. if he's going to be able to translate that. But that being said, obviously, it's a Graves meta for the record. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That being said, it's obviously the shy and rookie, and I think they straight up upgraded at 80 carry. Um, so for me, it was hard to do much different. I thought they were the fourth best team in summer. I thought they were going to go to Worlds, and then they just – I think they they just weren't the better team on the day that they needed to be, right? LGD just won that series. They were the better team on the day, and and that's what happened. But I, I just felt like I'm unchanged from that. You know, I still think they're probably the fourth-best team. They made a, a slight upgrade, and other than that, they're running it back. So I'm not going to change too much. I, it's just, like, again, like, rookie can carry this team extremely far, and if the shy – um just dies a few less times while still drawing the same amount of pressure that he does. Like we had this big discussion in the discord about whether or not he's good because he draws a ton of pressure, even though he dies. Look, I'll call him elite if he draws the same amount of pressure and he dies a couple less times. Right. Like yeah. that's all I need to do is, you know, you're, you're still at the end of the day, you're still giving the team 300, the enemy team 300 or 450 gold every time you're dying, depending mm-hmm. on if there's or not. So when, if, if he can stop dying on those cases, that can completely shift the, the power spiking of the other team in the game for team fights and, and all that stuff. So, again, if we see him regress a little bit and become a little bit safer in lane or Zune helps him a little bit, um, yeah, we'll see. This team definitely has the players to, to compete at the top level. I will say um, the whole Balan situation is just really weird, right? Like why he ever got replaced in the first place didn't make sense. Why he wasn't playing much last year didn't make any sense. So, and we never got any clarity on that. Was yeah, the other so thing. that's like, what, we don't know if he was I'm just a, like I was yeah. burnt and I needed a break. That's what it seems like to me. Right, but, but I'm skeptical there because it's it's just weird because like you said we we don't have anything to latch on to, and so that's a little bit odd to me and it makes me a little bit more hesitant too. So I think again, jungle support were were my main questions here because I, I think the other three positions are all stellar. Yeah, I mean, I if if Balan plays a whole season, I like this a lot more. I'm assuming he's going to be like seventy percent of the games, and we'll probably get some combination of trying these other guys out, especially in spring. But I mean, we'll see if he doesn't play. I, I Balan, I think, is actually a big part of this to me because I think he's extremely good. And the games that we saw him play, like the second he came in, and that coach, the coaching change happened last year. Like they were a different team. Like they weren't just picking whatever they felt like anymore. Like they were a pretty good, sound, fundamental team. And yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm very bullish on IG. I, I think if Zune's like anything, this is this team's going to be really really good because rookie and and the shy have been basically doing doing it with not great jungle support this entire time. Uh, JDG uh, composite of three, our consensus of two, rank two. I have JDG at three, John has them at four, Josh has them at two, and Chris has them at two. So, I mean, they add talent, they add ZA, and oh, who's the other one? Mystic, right? 
Yep, GA and Mystic. They had ZA and Mystic. They bring in Suning's coach. Um, I mean, basically running it back. It's hard to blame JDG. We we talked about this last week. They kind of just ran into a buzzsaw. They they were they were top four team in the world. It's hard it's hard to blame them for not changing anything, and if anything, just adding depth to kind of avoid burnout. Maybe if that's a thing. It- if they were running it back, I would have them ranked second, but I don't because they're not running it back. They picked up ZA, and he played the Demacia Cup. I think they're going to play ZA, and literally just playing ZA over Yagao drops them two spots in where I have them ranked. Yeah, I, 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 I do not think ZA is on that level. There is a little bit of adjustment because if anybody watched the little documentary about them at Worlds, uh, they seemed frustrated. They seemed burned out. They seemed... Like maybe this was a tough off season for them, and then they went out and made moves, which confirms that for me. Like if they were if they were feeling good, I think they just run it back. Like if the team was excited and and happy about their potential, I think they just run it back. The fact that they went out and got two other players tells me that maybe in the back room there was maybe some unhappiness, maybe some blaming, not necessarily out loud, but maybe some people thinking that somebody here was the problem or whatever, and we need to go out and get some other people. I don't know. Something in my mind for a team that all last year I said was going to win the world championship. I'm worried about what's going on with JDG. Yeah, we we spent a lot of time last week talking you off the ledge for JDG because like the the way I look at this team is this is probably not going to be a spring split team, and I maybe shouldn't have them this high uh, going into the spring split because I guess this is what we are doing these rankings for. But I think you could do a lot worse than ZA and Mystic. To avoid burnout. Like, if that's what this edition is for, like, if Yagao and Loken are just cooked or they just need time or you just need to freshen things up to keep everybody energized, I, like, if that was the kind of atmosphere that the, that was happening and you're going to go into another full season with limited options for subs and stuff, I would rather them do something like this. Maybe ZA plays a lot of the spring. Maybe Mystic plays a lot of the spring. And, and you get these guys. you got to remember, too, they've had, like, a couple of long – like. They haven't had a lot of time off, this team. So, yeah, I, to me, I don't. I'm not down. Maybe I'm downgrading them on like a per game basis because I do think Yigal's way better than ZA, and I think I mean Loken and Mystic. I think are actually pretty close. I think Loken's very good. I think Mystic. Yeah, is I think also they're very very close. good. But I agree with you, John. Like I think I think Yigal's a pretty or ZA's a, a a noticeable downgrade. I don't think ZA is bad, but it's a you're going from like a top four mid laner to like a middle of the pack guy. And that's a pretty big difference. And Yagal historically has shown good performances against the elite mid laners, which is maybe the most important part. Very, so very, he has some bad games against the bad guys, but he's good against the Knights and the rookies. And we've seen that before. So, I mean, they're, they're kind of a tough team to grade because like, if you grade this as with GA and mystic playing, I still think this is like a top, 16 like this is a playoff team still so the the way you have to kind of approach jdg is like if this is a long-term good thing for this team to get some of these guys some rest and have good competent backups i think it's a plus long term but in the short term maybe it's just a slight downgrade yeah i mean i only downgraded them to four where you I probably would have ranked them one or two. One or two. Yeah. Okay. So you know, that's so. right. Like, this is still a good, like, make no mistake. ZA, we're not, we don't like them quite as much, but like, this is still an extremely good team with ZA and Mystic on it. Like, on paper, a roster that's better than 
a majority of the, the league, honestly. Yeah, they're still a playoff team regardless, but... What do you think, Josh? Uh, I, I just like the team. I think they're good everywhere. I think they straight up got more talent. I'm always a fan of that. You know, ta- uh, competition breeds greatness, in my opinion. So I'm all for that. Um, I would have loved, if anything, like, to John's point, of, I would have loved if they would have just, like, gone balls to the wall and got Chovy or something. Yeah. And there's just no doubt in my mind that we'd be betting boatloads of money on this team if they had done that. Yeah. Um, Do you really want to split up the, the, the Dumpling Brothers, though? It's like the yes. like the Zoom Yagal. They've been together for so long. I actually I, do, but... I actually would not have replaced with Chovy. I wouldn't have replaced Yagal with Chovy if I had the yeah. option. Same. I, I, would never I think a lot of people him. in general, I think a lot of people are higher on Yagal than I am. I think he's same pretty really the weakest link on the team, but whatever. I mean He's also still very good. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, like yeah. if he's so, the weak if Yagal's the weak link and he's a top five mid laner, then what the hell, right? Like that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, to me, I just, I don't know. I, I don't see any reason to, to have my, to have my doubts about them. I think all of what John's saying is very reasonable criticism, um, for sure. And like you said, any, any of these teams in the top seven were pulling needles out of a haystack to find a reason to fade them. So, yeah, exactly. They're, they're all quite good. Um, I guess we'll go to number one, our consensus number one. All, th- all four of us had it, which is, I don't think is a good indication of how we necessarily rate these top teams, but we all have top esports at number one. It felt a little bit like we just defaulted to this, but I don't think top are like clearly better than everyone else. Like like John's saying, like this top seven is anyone's ball game. Like the, you could you know pick and choose who you like. Top didn't really have a lot of reason to change anything. They add Warhorse. And they're essentially just running it back otherwise, and they, it's hard to blame them. Like Top and JDG were like top four teams in the world. You could make an argument they were the top two if you if you're if you're really bullish on them. Like they were in that collection of the best teams in the world. They just didn't win world. That, the only thing they did wrong was not win worlds. That's it. Yeah, it's 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 kind of funny how simpatico we are on some of this stuff because, like you say, we all put top esports first, but I don't think it's indicative of like us being like top esports is definitely the best team. Yeah, like I don't think we're even close to on that mental, yeah. despite the fact that we all have them first. I think it's just really hard if you're looking at these teams, these seven teams that we all think are elite. It's tough not to make top the best when they were the last LPL winner. They were the best or the second best performer at Worlds, but I mean I, we all know what we think about Sunning. Yeah. They were the second best performer at Worlds. They won the Demacia Cup. I mean it's pretty tough not to make them number 1 if you think all these teams are, you know, in that competition. So I think that's kind of where we're at. Not that they're like the you know, clearly the best team, but just how can you put anybody else above them for the moment? Yeah. I think it's I think it's like they would be the team of the top 7 that all of us would be most surprised by getting seventh. Yeah. That, I think that's a good way. That's a good way to measure it. Like, I think the floor is that's, the highest on yeah. this team. Like, that's why I think I would be shocked if they're not top four, like utterly shocked yeah. if they're not top four, you can make an argument for literally every other team on here to something like poke some hole. And this team's hold a poke is like, Corsa. <laughs> yeah. Like I, so it's like, yeah, yeah. It's like really hard to poke a hole in this team. It's like you just gave them more time with five of the best players in the world yeah. that all are like committed to playing 
a great style of League of Legends. I I also love that they. A lot of times when you have teams that good, even if they don't win, you see we've been saying like saying the brain drain, right? Like somebody just goes and offers night just a truck, a Brinks truck of money, right? They all looked at each other and were like, "No, no, we're we're running this back. Like, there's no way, there's no way we're we're going out that way." And I, we saw the same thing. There was there's been a couple of teams. We Damwon, Damwon basically did the same thing. They were like, they 2019 they had they they overexceeded a lot of expectations at Worlds. They had a good Worlds run, and they looked at each other and they were like, "Look, we got something here." Didn't quite work out as well in spring. Like they were kind of middling in the spring. They were very good. But they stuck with it. They knew they were good. They were confident about it. This team knows they're good. Otherwise, they would have changed something. They would have. They didn't even add anything. They just changed coach. That's it. And you could argue that's an upgrade. I don't. I'm kind of indifferent to it. I I have questions about. It. To me, that's the hole to poke. Is Warhorse because you could question Warhorse and his handling of FPX last season. Maybe like this is a team that had players and just underperformed. So. Maybe he's the biggest question mark for top esports because the players. I don't think there's really any question. So, all right. Um, I'll just read down the list one more time. So we had uh, top. I'll roughly tier this out for you. So we had like top JDG, Invictus, Fun Plus, We, RNG, EDG, and I'll cut that tier off there. I have Vici and Billy Billy in that group too, but you guys are a little less on this. So we'll cut it off at like that seven. Then we have, like, Vici, Sooning, Billy Billy, Victory 5 are kind of in their own tier. Then we have TT, or LNG, TT, E-Star kind of in their own tier. And then Rogue Warriors, LGD, and OMG at the bottom of the barrel. So um, that's the LPL. That's what we're looking at for next split. I want to take a look. We're running kind of long here, but it's a 17-team league. Let's take a look at some futures prices. Uh, We do have some futures prices at a couple of the offshores. Uh, top are the prohibitive favorite here. I, I don't want to say prohibitive because you're going to see G2 like minus 200 or something in the LEC, but top at plus 150. Uh, so instead of reading down this entire list, I should have been doing it as we were introducing the teams, but uh, let's just, you know, I will just go down the list, I think, and then we'll we'll pick out some plays. So we have top at plus 150, Invictus 400, plus 400. Uh, I'll just go whatever uh fun plus plus 450 jdg 500 we 700 sooning 1000 victory 5 2000 edg 2500 vg 2500 rng 3300 lng 6600 billy billy 8000 lgd 10000 rogue warriors 12500 omg 20000 and e-star 25,000. Uh, for those curious, you move two decimals over, and that's the 2-1 odds. So 1.5 to 1, 4 to 1, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the dominus would be 500 to 1. Um, so the futures odds tell us a lot of times where the book is going to price things for the first, until they get a sample size on things. They tend to put a lot of weight on their prior or like their preseason um, prices on things. Based on how we think this league's going to play out, I don't think you can really feasibly play like any of the top six teams. Like top Invictus, Fun Plus, JDG, WE, and Sooning, I think are just like the price isn't good enough. You've got almost a 40% hold on this, like in terms of the book hold. So I don't think you can play any of those top four unless you've got plans to fade them along the way, which is a way you can do this. Uh, 
so to me it's you have to look like middle of the table and and down if you're gonna if you're gonna actually play any of these features because I don't I don't think it's worth paying up for any of them. Uh, John John, you're like super bullish on WE. Like maybe that's in the conversation at seven seven to one. Yeah, that's the only other. Like I have two that are absolute locks for me, and then the third is is I'm considering WE. Uh, but the the top teams are not something I'm really interested in. WE is the closest to a like low odds team that I'm interested in. All right, so. I wrote down a couple places, uh, a couple uh, spots that I like, but I, I think I, I just want to touch on this really quickly because it's a unanimous decision here. All four of us have RNG thirty-three to one. All of us. I think that's egregious. Honestly, this team is as good as all these other teams, and thirty-three to one is a ridiculous number on them. So I'm definitely, definitely going to have some RNG futures. Uh, what else? Three out of four of us, so us three, the three of us, all had EDG at 25 to 1 as well. Uh, uh, Chris liked WE at 7 to 1, but let's see where he had them. He had them at 5. I've, I, I'm not paying up for WE, but like, let's go through. And, what, what, so, you, John, you had EDG and RNG, which I just mentioned. Yeah, those are the two that are locks for me. Uh, like you said, RNG for me, I had RNG ranked second or third on my power rankings, and I could definitely see them winning this league. Like, 33 to 1 is nuts as far as I'm concerned. Like, absolutely insane. It's probably going to be my best value in any league as far as a bet. And it's not like it's a lock that they're going to win by any stretch, but 33 to 1 is just crazy for the talent that this team has. And then I feel similarly about EDG. I'd be saying almost the exact same thing if EDG was 33 to 1. The only downside for me is that they're only 25 to 1, so it's not quite the same level of value that you're getting on RNG. But for me, both of those teams are going to win this league like at least 10% of the time. Yeah. So and you're getting 25 to 1 and 33 to 1. So So here's here's a, an interesting thought experiment, right? So I I obviously I calculated the hold on all this stuff. We got 37.4% on on this specific market. Obviously shop around and obviously calculate hold percentage if you have any questions about that, let me know. It's pretty easy to do. I went through and priced each of these as a percentage, and I just want to like spit a couple at you and and like see if it if it passes the smell test for you, just like on a gut check level, right? So the first one I'll do is EDG. EDG are three point eight five percent at this number. It's more than that, right? Like a good amount more than that that they win. Uh, RNG two point nine four percent. Same thing. I think these teams are probably closer to 5 to 10 range. I'm very bullish on both these teams, so I think, like, they're probably... Maybe... I'll say 5% conservatively. I, so, I have both these teams, for me, would be close to 10%, maybe even over 10% for RNG, and yeah. just under 10% for EDG, as far as, like, what I would consider. So it's insane value, as far as I'm concerned, on both of them. We should... um. I'll shoot this over to you guys, and we should do, like, make your own percentages as a way of handicapping these, because that's what you should do for futures. And uh, I'd be interested to see what you guys can come up with in terms of what you think these these odds are. Maybe we'll do, maybe we'll do that for the first week of the LPL, but I'll, I'll shoot the numbers to you. A couple other ones here. Um, so I like Vici quite a bit. Obviously, you guys aren't as bullish as I am on them, but I have 25 to 1. I think that's a, a good price there, too. Uh, and then I think... I think Billy Billy is actually kind of worth a look too at eighty to one. So like, 
to me, Billy Billy, it doesn't need there, like there's not a lot of things that need to go right for this team to be a contender. So eighty to eighty to one is like, I mean, they're pricing this team like they're twelfth place. I'm not in on Billy Billy, but I am in on Dominus at five hundred to one. That's reasonable uh, too. Never heard of him. <laughs> yeah, Thomas. Uh, TT. I am in on TT at five hundred to one. Um, are they really going to win the league? Probably not. But literally, if you have an account on a sports book and you have any amount of money in there, put a dollar or two on it. Yeah. Like why? Why would you not? It's going to cover all the rest of your futures if they if this team ends up being good. And this is not a team that's completely hopeless. Like TT has some upside, so. I think not putting like two or three dollars on this team would be a big mistake. I'll mention too that we just saw this with Victory Five. Anything can happen. I'll also mention I was more optimistic about this than I was about that team. And I mean, one last thing is if you do something like that and they do make playoffs, you can just load the truck against them in the first round. Yeah, or, and or I like if I they mean, make a run, you know. You're talking to the guy that put a few dollars on Kazakhstan to win the like Asia Cup or whatever against Korea and China or whatever. I mean, if you're giving me 500 to one, I mean, I'm probably taking it on a, on a lot of teams. Yeah. So, just to, again, just to kind of illustrate this, like how you need to think about futures. Like, do we think Top Esports wins this league 40 percent of the time? Because that's oh, the not price. Yeah, not even close. 40 percent is a big number, right? So, like the favorites here, like top are 40 percent. Uh, you got 20% for Invictus, 12% for WE, Fun Plus are at 18%, JDG are, like, that's how you need to evaluate the JDG are at 16.5%, right? Like, that's how you need to evaluate these kind of things. Like, ask yourself, if you simulated this league 100 times, how many times, like realistically, how many times are top winning it? How many times are, and, and again, this is for spring split. So that's the way you got to look at futures. And again, like you need to pick and choose your battles because with a whole percentage this high, it's essentially like betting into like insane. It's, it's like betting into like minus 150 juice, basically. They just find a way to hide it across the big market. So um, I'm going to be going into that in more detail as well uh, in an article I'm going to write. But yeah, so. We're all unanimous on RNG and EDG, RNG especially. I like Vici and Billy Billy. I think the numbers are good. I think the Billy Billy numbers a lot. So I'm going to be probably having some of that too. Anything else, guys? Ran pretty long, but the LPL's yeah. a big league, and it's and it's a really fun league this time yeah. too. So I'm uh, I'm in. Yeah, I'm look I'm looking forward to this season for sure. Um, everybody have a happy and safe New Year's. Be responsible. Be a little bit irresponsible. Be responsible and enjoy the new year. I always love New Year's. It's a it's gonna be a little bit different this year, but uh a lot different this year. I usually go and get my party on. But still looking forward to the new year, turning over new leaf. Split starting up the fourteenth and fifteenth. We've got fourteenth for LPL, we've got fifteenth for the LCS lock in tournament. We're gonna have a lot of content rolling in this coming week for the esports department as we get the content train rolling there. Looking forward to an awesome twenty twenty one there as well so hit us up on twitter follow us the uh, discord is free if you want to get a taste of what you're gonna check out but uh yeah unless you guys have anything else i say happy new year and uh we'll see you guys on the other side in 2021 see you later everybody
The Gold Card podcast opening theme is Clouds by Harvey and the Hendersons. The closing theme is Wasp in a Hat by the Tea Club. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Podbean to never miss an episode. Oh.